Hey, yo, yo, yo. Hey, welcome back, listener. Welcome to Now You're Listening to Podcast. That's not the... Ah, <laughs> oh, shit. Now you're... Now you're playing. Now you're. Is there a podcast? Hey, name? welcome to the hey. Now You're Playing with Podcast. The podcast. The podcast. Welcome. Uh, we're doing a third one. We did. We as promised. As hey, you people are asking for it, so we we can't not give it to you. We're- this is. <laughs> this is a podcast where we go over all the Nintendo Power magazines from beginning to end. Yep. Today. We are on issue number three. The Track and Field 2 issue. This is November, December 1988. Wait, who are we? We should... <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Brett, who are you? Uh, who am I? I am Brett. I am a writer in L.A. Yeah, my name's Weston. I'm also a writer in L.A. And we also like video games. Big, and, big fans. And I'm a newly a fan of the Nintendo Power magazine. Yeah, because you're uh, substantially younger than I am. And, and I was, you know... I, I was young enough that I got in in, like, 1990. Yeah, like, magazines were kind of, I feel like, a little on the out when I, by the time I was growing up. Like, I don't think a lot of kids were reading magazines. Yeah, they had the internet. Yeah, we had, we had full internet access. We had, um, that's really it. So I think we, that's we probably had, a big innovation. And we had AOL. There were so many gaps in uh, knowledge online that have since been filled in. The cover... Yeah. All right. Well, I'm down to dive into it. So this is like the main photo on this is the track and field two image, and that's kind of main game for this. This is our this is our featured game. Um, to make it to make track and field events look cooler, they have set the events uh, at sunset at a volcano, and uh, there is so so there's two shoes with rocket jets on the back running on a track in space or in the sky it's cool because it's like it's very dreamlike it, it's like this very dreamlike track and field photo and i used to run track mm-hmm. and so this is kind of i feel like this is what my dreams of me running track again look like okay. it's like a combination of just feet there's just feet like it's this weird dream world of track and field and i feel like i've been here before i've, I've lived in this the, the the hell that is having to keep running even though your bod wants to stop. No, I mean I feel like track is actually the opposite. It's the most dick around sport oh. of all time. Man, I ran track in junior high and I hated it and quit after. Really? A yeah. Oh, maybe because it was like all my best. Maybe me and my best friends made it a screw around sport. But track is the only sport where when you're actually like doing it, you're just screwing around most of the time. Okay. Because you have like a couple events and then the rest you're just like at a random school chilling with your friends. Okay. That actually sounds really nice. Yeah, that's great. I'd guess that okay, so near as I can tell what happened with this with this Im- with this cover image, the reason that there is no actual runner, it's just shoes floating on the track, is that these are rocket boots and you know, like they're so below your center of gravity that when they tried to activate their their rocket sneaks, I guess these are converses. Uh, the person was thrown onto their head. So they're like further back on the track unconscious <laughs> uh, with and, head trauma. And like comedically, the the boots just started running ahead of them like a cartoon. Yeah. I can see that. Are you, are you going to do the soundboard sound? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we have a soundboard now. That's the biggest update for this episode. Uh, we've got some great sounds such as... <laughs> yep. Uh, one other thing I want to point out on this cover, 
they had some dead space in the upper right, so they just filled it with these tiny little thumbnails of neon silhouettes doing sports. Yeah, it honestly just looks like a splotch. Um, it's a, yeah. I did not realize what it was at first. It's um, it's a little bit of a gaff, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it's not. It's not very good design. Yeah, it's it's. I don't know. I, I don't hate it, but let, let's move on. I, I think we've we've talked about this cover more than we really could. You you open up the magazine and it's true. Get the this is the same. Is it always the same photo? I think it's. I guess I guess for now. I mean, the important thing here, this welcome letter on the next page points out that this is the premier holiday issue of Nintendo Power. It's the holidays, nineteen eighty eight, Brett. And you know what that means? It's uh, here. Where's the? It's. It's Christmas in July. Oh, we're recording this in July. I don't know when you're listening to this listener, but um, how familiar are you with the Sears catalogs? I'm really not at all. Like that's you through you, you've mentioned that, and I'm like, oh, this is a completely new thing to me. Yeah, this jingling is annoying. I'm gonna turn it off. Um, so back in the day, you know, instead of gift guides on CNET or whatever, uh, the way that you found what you wanted for uh, Christmas or whichever holiday you celebrate, Hanukkah. Uh, Kwanzaa, what have you? You uh, you got your like six hundred page Sears catalog. This brick that arrived uh, in the fall. Yeah, you know what this is. You know what my version of this is. What's that? Sky Mall. Sky Mall. You know what Sky Mall is? Yeah, in the back of airplanes. Yeah, you go on an airplane yeah. and there's like a huge catalog of just the most random stuff of all time, mm-hmm. and you can like shop while shop in the shop in the clouds. That is the pitch. <laughs> you it's- can like while you're on the plane board, you can just flip through this really weird magazine that just has like a bunch of weird stuff and this felt like that it felt like i was going through this old sears mag uh catalog you sent me and i'm like yep. this is just a collection of literally anything so i thought okay do you want to can we do a gift exchange i know it's not actually the holidays like when we're recording this but like i i yeah i got you some stuff i i did too i mean i felt i've been in the holiday spirit i don't know it's oh july but for me it's Christmas right now. Oh my god, I'm so excited! It's Christmas. In the spirit of giving, okay. Um, let me let me get. Okay, what did you let me get for you? Yeah, please go first, and I'm gonna get yours out. Okay, I just got you a dishwasher. It's under forty bucks. So, I mean, what what kind of? It's just a dishwasher. <laughs> is it, is yeah. it like a Sears brand? Is it brand X? No, it's just a dishwasher. <laughs> I don't have anywhere to put it. <laughs> okay, well. Uh, enjoy it. Th- thanks, buddy. Um, all right. Well, so this this first <laughs> gift, um, this is actually from your grandma. Okay. Um, I got you uh, the New and Old Testaments on cassette tape. Oh. So I got you the Bible on cassette. It's uh, it's the two uh, vinyl fold-out thingies full of cassettes. And uh, when you get them together, you get a deal. So it was only like uh, 70 bucks. So Okay. Can't say I love yours either. <laughs> All right, well, we're off to a great start with the gift giving. Maybe the next one will hit harder. Oh, man. <laughs> it doesn't feel like Christmas right now. Track and field, too. Track and... All right, let's, um, let's get out of this. You don't uh, like your Bible tapes? I don't like it. All right. Look, I, I like to keep the Bible as far away from Christmas as possible. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's uh, in, my, in my household. Uh, you know, Jesus is the reason for the season. It's, but that's literally where the rhyme came from. <laughs> what was uh, was your family like? Was that a part of it? Was like the religious aspect a part of Christmas for you at all? Oh, totally. Up? Yeah, yeah. We, we were raised Christian, so it's okay. very much a like. There, there were gifts from the grandparents that were 
Bible on tape. Oh, really? Et cetera, things like that. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. you, you had secular Christmas. I had, yeah. Christmas-ts. I mean, we grew up like half-ass Christians, like, <laughs> and so Christmas was just Christmas. Uh, Fair enough. It was very away from any lessons or... There, there was a sense... Uh, that, humbling. There was a sense that the parents really wanted to, it's like, because we were all there, like, just screaming, like, Nintendo! You know, like, we just... Yeah. Uh, Barbies, Nintendo, race cars, etc. And uh, uh, the parents were like, hang on, hang on, yes, but also <laughs> uh, the Lord? Yes. No, I was just screaming, I got a Wii! I got a Nintendo Wii! I'm so excited! Alright, let's, uh, let's uh, jump on our sleighs onto the next section, which is uh, Track and Field 2. Okay. So we're on Track and Field 2, which is the sequel to Track and Field 1. Did you play either of these games? I did. If I go to like an arcade, I usually will play a couple rounds of Track and Field. So uh, this really was, you said that in the last episode, this is a arcade game, an yes. adaptation. I'm not sure, you know, like any golf game or football game, they all <laughs> merge together to me. There could be yeah. 50 Track and Field games, and I probably... Could, every time I go to the arcade, it could be a different game every time. But it, in my head, it's always the same exact one. So and it's you, always very just – like it feels like kind of like the original mini game collection, you know? Yeah. So you, so you didn't necessarily play this one. You played a track and field game. I, like, it could be, could be this one. I don't know. But I always enjoy them because I – well, I like mini game collections. Like I, I like – as a kid, I would just play Mario Party by myself. Oh, man. Which is sad. I know. I mean, really, it's, it's, really... it's sad. I know. I know it's sad. <laughs> So there's a part of me that really likes mini game collections, and so Track and Field obviously hits that that aspect. You know, it's just like right. I'm, and I'm like it's something I'm kind of naturally good at. Like I'm good at just slamming the A button as fast as possible. That's pretty. Yeah, that's pretty much. I mean, that's how actual track works, from what <laughs> I remember, and that's also how these games work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so I, I I like it, and there was and I as I mentioned earlier, I ran Track and Field, and I found some interesting stuff in this like uh, preview for Track and Field Two that what? I'm like, that's a weird. Like, well, they just mentioned one thing in this game is there's a campaign mode in this track and field too. Mm-hmm. And in this campaign, you they mention having just free time, right? Like, I don't know exactly what that would mean, and especially with the NES. But like, you just between these events, there's free time, so you're just kind of chilling. And I'm sure this being on Nintendo is really boring. I'm sure that's really boring, and it's not good game design at all. Yeah, so but- it's literally a part of the game where it's just like. It's, it's a timer counting down 25 minutes yeah, and you I don't can't know. do anything. I, maybe it's like, maybe like, it's like a, maybe it turns into like a friendship simulator and you like go and hang out with your track, that, uh, your Olympic. That's a game I would play. I know. That's the thing is like, that's when I ran track. I Socially calibrated high school track team. Yeah. I was in game. high school. I ran track and like, okay. So the actual running of track is okay. It was fine. It was nice to like kind of be good at something and like. That's kind of what sports is. Like, you kind of, you're like, oh, this is fun to, like, huh. get to do that. But that's not why I really liked it. What I liked it was the free time in the middle. I liked, because I would, All right. I ran hurdles, and I would always do the very first event. And then I would just have a free day with my buddies for just a whole day. And I would just oh, kind of that, screw around and dick around on the field. That's insidious. Yeah, so I would just I had no idea. do one thing and hang out and, like, just make trouble with my buddies. And just, like, it really was just a, hey, it, it Track for me was literally just a hangout simulator. So I would love a track and field game that really like says, "Hey, you do your event, and then you're just hanging out with buddies, like a kind of like a 
persona kind of thing where you oh, just what if it's even got a angle do you ever play like the escapists or uh what is it what's that top down roguelike game uh with like a city setting um hmm. any, uh uh Anyways, like, yeah, The Escapist, where you could literally, like, break into the school, because it's on a Saturday. Oh, yeah. And, and go, like, run run around like Hellions, destroy things. Yeah, and I'm sure this does not do that, but that <laughs> but it is should. actually a game that I think would be really cool, at least for me, as someone who ran track, like, it, that would be a very interesting experience. Well, this is the Olympics. You know what Olympics game I want to play? Like, I want to play an Olympics game where, yes, you're competing in the sports, but that's like choose your own adventure and it's done in like five minutes, like you said. And the rest of it's free time where you're hanging out in the Olympic Village. <laughs> yeah, how cool would that be? And partying with uh, other, like the world's fittest people. You can go party and like you have like, like if the happier you are, the better you're, you're, you're like, you have like different things you have to manage. You, you can cheat, you can take steroids, you can like and drug up before the events. You've been <laughs> training for four years to be here. And so... In a normal game, you would have meters to manage, like like visual novel style, where it's it's like you have a vitality meter, yeah. which is like how many dates you can go on. Um, <laughs> but because you've been training and not socializing for four years, your vitality meter it's like off the screen high. So it's, yeah. you could go on like twelve dates a night. Yeah, you can. That that'd be great. You could literally by the end of the game marry every single opponent. Yes, marry every <laughs> single opponent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's it. I really just thought that was like a cool like little detail of it that I'm sure isn't cool when you actually play the game, but I'm like that's interesting. I would love to see that in a different track and field game. I will say so one other thing about this feature, it's very long, uh multiple yes. pages because it's covering all the different events you can do, hurdles, archery, horizontal bar, um Dating simulation. Yeah, I wish. Uh, <laughs> I'd be so. I'd be so much more interested if that was in there. Uh, but the the layout, the work that the magazine did, and the artwork there, it, it's a really great looking feature. Oh so, yeah, it looks it looks really cool. It honestly like sells the game a little bit. I want. I, I genuinely want to play it. I, it the game itself it, looks really good. Yeah, it looks fun. So, listener, imagine in your mind's eye a good looking Nintendo sporting game. Yes, that's followed what we're, by. That's what we're looking at. Followed by um, a real piece of shit. Mickey's Mouse Capade. This game's not good. <laughs> it's, yeah, okay, we probably don't need to jump on this for too long. It's, right, it's a bad, I don't know anything about this game. Is it known as a bad game? It's a bad game. Yeah, and... A friend of mine had this game. Uh, is not, I think it was a gift for his sister for Christmas when they were little. Okay, yeah. Nobody wanted to play it's it. It's like a children's game that, like, I'm like, they're like, well, the... The kids who are going to play this are too young to understand what a good game is. So let's not even make a good game. And But the crazy thing here is in these magazines, in the Nintendo Power magazine, like games get little sections where they get little walkthrough guides. That's kind of how they show off the game. It's like... Yeah, you, you get a great map and they've taken photos yeah. of each screen of the game. So you get this long pasted together stream of photos that's like your map of how to get to the level. Yep. So it's like a really in-depth map where, and they'll like point to certain sections and be like, here, here's the goblins and here's a tip. Be on careful how to about this goblins. waterfall, buddy. Yeah. And they just give general, it does seem like useful advice where this is just nonsense. It's just a bunch of images that are like different colors and they don't even fit well together. It's like the most jumbled map I've ever seen. And the hints and, like, tips they give you are just be careful. 
Watch it. It's not real information. It's just sound effects. Yeah. And in their defense, the game is probably part of the reason it doesn't look super inspiring because the game is made up of numerous identical-looking rooms. Yeah. And then there's an identical-looking series of forests with some very mediocre-looking... It's just not... Look, Mickey, Minnie Mouse, lovable, but not necessarily... Like, you love the idea of loving them. So you don't have a, a great starting point to begin with, I would argue. Yes. As a fan of old-school animation, uh, you know, give me some... That's a good point. Give me some Looney Tunes over some old Mickey Minnie cartoons. Because making these is probably a lot of work. And I'm sure, like, the way I work as a human being is when I'm really passionate about something, it's easy to work. It's easy to go above and beyond. But I'm sure there's nobody out there in the world who is capable of making a, uh, yeah. a walkthrough for this game because it's just... Yeah, the people at Walt Disney Interactive or whoever made this, you, you just know that the entire office was just depressed. Like, you just walked in and it was just a bummer. What are you working on? Mickey Mouse Capade. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Okay, I'm going to be a little less harsh on these people because, uh, yeah, our, it sounds like a rough job. Our hearts go out to both the uh, design, the team that made Mickey Mouse Capade and the team that made this layout for the magazine. I'm good to move on. This really just gave me a headache. I was like, looking at this gave me a headache. There's no need to hang out in a depressing environment. Let's move on. Like, hopefully the next thing will be something that will revitalize us. You know. Let's be hopeful. Uh, Howard and Nestor. You you know that that's not the case. It's it's Howard and Nestor. It's a real double fist punch to the face. First Mickey Mouse, and then Howard and Nestor combined as one. It's a double-wide Howard and Nestor trailer park trailer. It's two pages of Howard and Nestor. I don't know who was like, we need more. But Howard and Nestor, like a a parasite, have at this point really dug dug their feet in. And they are growing. I'm worried that in 20 issues, the whole magazine is going to be about Howard and Esther because they've only expanded and gotten bigger since the beginning. So I started reading this two-page comic, and I got halfway through, and I had uh, two two reactions. One was, uh, where the fuck is Howard? Because he's not in the first page because it's just Nestor doing Castlevania stuff. And the, the second one was I started to get really depressed, uh, like I did watching the most recent Star Wars movies, where I realized that Howard and Nestor, like the Star Wars movies that Disney puts out, are going to be with us for the rest of our lives. I know. Yeah, they're, I mean, yes, as, as I said with Parasite, they're also parasited in my brain. They're Nestor, and, and uh, did we, Howard and Nestor are kind of like the icons and like. Well, they are, yeah, they're like the magazine's mascot because, of course, as you know, Howard is based on Howard Phillips, the original gameplay counselor, the game master himself. Uh, in real life, apparently a decent human being and a uh, shrewd business guy, shrewd voice of the company in the comic. Uh, and Nestor, who's this fictional kind of troublemaking kid. Yeah, Nestor is, uh, Nestor's does not listen to advice uh, and also doesn't think things through very well. Um, I think so. In this issue, Nestor has uh, broken into someone's home, uh, from what I can tell. And uh, yep. Yeah, he just marches in and says, ask me anything I know at all. And these kids, who are not named, unfortunately, because I would like to know more about them, this uh, this girl and this boy. Any, anyone else. Like, anytime I see another character, I'm like, can we please change protagonists <laughs> can we please here? Can we do a prota- who, who are these? Hey, 
what's your life like? Where do you live? Where, where do you go to school? What's uh, what games do you like? A- anything? <laughs> the bar is so low for characters in this comic. If it's Howard and Esther, you could be anything. You could be like, hey, I'm I'm Jerry, and I uh, and I've got three plants, and I don't water Jerry. Them. Jerry's great. You're the new star of the comic. Jerry's great. I mean, it's basically John and Garfield, right? It's about that level. And John's a, a great character, arguably the best comic character who's ever lived. John's great. And I like Garfield, too. <laughs> so, yeah, these kids are like, hey, Nestor, help us with Castlevania. And um, Nestor uh, actually takes them into the actual world of Castlevania, too, which seems very dangerous. Yeah. Nestor's using a whip. He's whipping... Uh, skeletons like what? they transform yeah they they go into this new world and i don't trust Esther with a whip yeah I'm sure, I'm sure like you know like at like an airport with someone with like a backpack who's like hitting into people yeah I think that's, yeah that's Nestor with a whip Nestor I'm has sure, no sense of space yeah or like a fishing trip with someone who like just shoots the no yeah, that's spooky. yeah catch, catch that. that hook in your cheek yeah like i'm sure every time you go fishing with Nestor, you get a hook in the air uh, <laughs> And I just oh, feel no. like he's got this whip and he's slapping it back and he's just whipping these kids. The kids are trying to stay away from him, but it's really clear in this panel where Nestor's whipping stuff. Uh, one, uh, this, okay, one small good thing about the comic, when he whips the skeleton, the skeleton yells, oh no. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I'm in for that. I, I like the skeleton. But yeah, the kids are not far back enough that Nestor can't whip them. They're just kind of following at a medium distance, and they should really yeah. just be back at the start of the level. I, I don't think Nestor gave them a choice to you know, come on this journey or not with them. But you know, if I was these kids, I'd, I'd be out of there in minutes. Yeah, and you know, like as we flip over to the second page of the comic, uh, who, look, look who it is. It's Howard. Um, Mr. Bummer. You think the comic version of Howard looks like he's, he's like 14, but he's one of those kids that goes to a private prep school? Yeah, he just looks a little... It's like Dad's a senator. Yeah, he's... I don't know. Yeah, he's very preppy. Is I guess the, he seems like... Um, he seems like the popular kid who doesn't have personality. <laughs> His personality is the suit he wears. Yeah, like... Yeah, he's just very preppy. He, he seems like a narc. We've established they're both narcs they're at both. this point. <laughs> <laughs> Howard and Nestor would both narc on you. The difference is Nestor would also be smoking drugs. Yeah, where Howard would likely not be. Um, Howard would take himself to the hospital if he thought he was hotboxed in a car. <laughs> yeah, there's there's some darkness uh, under Howard, but I, I don't know what it is yet. So this, okay, so so the plot of the rest of this comic is they're actually at a famous Castlevania to like completely obtuse, con- confusing map point yeah. where you have to kneel next to a wall with a certain item in your inventory. For five seconds, and then a tornado comes and takes you to the next area. Oh. <laughs> so I think if, you know, and then Howard shows up, and he knows this, and Nestor doesn't, because Nestor doesn't listen to anybody and just likes to show off and doesn't think ahead. And he's ultimately uh, embarrassed when the tornado comes and throws him into the air, and the kids are happy to be rid of him, because then he's out of their, you know, he's out of their home again. Yes. But, like... My takeaway from this comic is like the only thing crueler than uh, Nestor's desperate need for attention is uh, the ugly truth of video game design in the 1980s. Yeah. Because like what foils him, I, I almost feel bad for him at the end because he doesn't know what's coming. How could he? There's no hint in the game that you have to do this thing to get the tornado to come take you. Yeah, totally. It's like, okay, so Nestor's being annoying, but like, you know, you have that annoying kid, but I don't want to watch him like get pummeled 
by bees for no reason. I don't you know? want to watch. Yeah, like okay, so yes, Nestor wandered into the wrong dive bar, but I don't want to watch this old angry drunk guy beat the hell out of him. Yeah, which is pretty much happening here. Uh, it's, it's really a tornado. The characters are kind of just like I don't know. Again, back to Howard not having empathy, but he just kind <laughs> of uh, yeah. he just kind of is like, oh well, see you, Nestor. And he's like, I hope he I hope he learned his lesson once again. Howard is, I mean, Howard would let Nestor fucking kill himself. Yes. To be, if he was, in, you know, if Howard was being right about some secret in a video game, he would let Nestor, like, step on one of those, you know, walk into a Mega Man trap that insta-kills him. Yeah, and then he's just like, well, um, that's, I hope Nestor learned his lesson. I like, yeah, uh, at his yeah. funeral, he'd get up in front, he was like, Nestor was a, a strong soul, he uh, loved his, his family, um, and he had a, a rough... A uh, rough time in life, uh, you know, like not a lot of friends, moved around a lot because his parents were like, uh, you know, trouble. Let's yeah, say. his parents. Uh, let's say uh, they weren't around. Yeah, that's very, very clear at this point. They, or at least they weren't available for him. Yeah, and then he would go on to say, but also, you know, he didn't um, study his Nintendo P's enough, yeah. and uh, he deserved to die. And that's what he would say in front of his funeral. Yeah, and everybody at the funeral would agree with him. It's because this is Howard's world. Well, actually, I don't think there would be anyone at the funeral. <laughs> you don't think so? I, I think it would just be Howard talking into an empty void, which is actually interesting. They would have a service at the Nintendo of America break room. So it's like white tile, fluorescent lights, like a beige refrigerator. Yeah. And Howard and, and like three gameplay counselors. You know, I actually do buy that with both Howard and Esther. I both think they don't, uh, they don't have any friends or family. <laughs> And they kind of just have each other, which is maybe uh, their one redeeming factor is, it makes me... you know, like they are both like, I don't know. Some, I feel like there's a archetype of like that really like preppy, perfect kid where, where there's some a little bit of messed up backstory behind that. It's like the home life's a little messed up. And that's kind of Howard for me. And Nestor clearly is coming out of a troubled household. Oh, and my God. So they don't treat each other well and they don't really do a good job taking care of each other so or like, doing anything, but they are in some sort of, they're kind of all that they have is each other. It's a very, it's a very dysfunctional relationship. And I just, if the comic, okay, I like this comic a little more than the other ones, but it's still like Howard. It's very cruel to Nestor. Nestor's very annoying. He broke into someone's home, these kids home while their parents were away, which is like, how old is Nestor? That's messed up. Yeah, no, it's not cool. But if that backstory is really as sad as the, the picture we're painting and, you know, like there's that moment with, uh, you know, Holly Golightly in uh, breakfast at Tiffany's where she's in the rain with the cat. Like if, if Howard and Nestor, are Holly Golightly and the cat, uh, I mean, that changes everything for me. Yeah, I agree. That could be their redemption. Um, I would still need them to grow as human beings, uh, you know, not be pieces of shit. Uh, <laughs> In yeah. order for me to get to them to like them. Right. I agree. There is that tragedy there that does kind of make them a little bit more likable and personable. And it's just like a – it's something about – I don't know. Like just there's maybe, a, there's maybe a lesson in hope behind these two pieces of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I just – and I still want to know about these kids because these kids are really blasé. Like just wonderfully blasé about the whole thing. And I have to wonder – how many times has this happened? And I, yeah. I mean, they probably know what's really going on. We need to find these kids and talk to them about 
you know, what was up with Howard and Nestor? Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting getting like an outside perspective on them. And maybe everyone in the town is like, yeah, it's pretty sad. It's these two kind of, um, you know, like... This is uh, like a Kansas town. Dumpster baby like, kind yeah. of situation. We got two dumpster babies. It's a town of 3,000. Everybody yeah. knows everybody. And, uh, yeah, these two, the blue-haired boy and the little red-haired girl uh, live in this house up on the hill. And uh, it wouldn't be a hill in Kansas, would it? Yeah, maybe. I, I, don't, I don't know the geography of Kansas, personally. It was like Howard and Nestor, like, kind of run that. They think they run the town, but really they just run through it? Yeah, totally. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm interested. There's clearly a, uh, a lot of depth behind these comics. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm There's so honestly much shocked depth at behind these. <laughs> there's a, I was so hard on these comics before, but now I'm just fascinated. I want to see where this goes because I can tell that there's, there's so You're much more the to long learn. Game here. Yeah, there's so much more to learn about these characters. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything else on Howard and Nestor? No, no, I'm not even... I'm not even glad we're moving on. I'm kind of, <laughs> I'm wistful. I want the next, uh, I want the next script. Yeah, I'm ready for the next script. I'm ready for more information because I really think they're building towards something big here and a potential honest to God. And they're, they're not anywhere close right now, but some sort of redemption. I think that's the, the, the long game here. I, I'm going to expect it. And if I don't get it, I'm going to go back in the trash bin. <laughs> All right. So let's blast on to the next section. Yo, it's Blaster Master. We talked a little bit about Blaster Master last episode. Yeah, we went over Blaster Master. It's uh, honestly a cool game. It seems pretty fun. Blaster Master is very hard and very cool. And uh, I just I just want to point out that the story of the game in the U.S. is still about a boy whose pet frog goes down into a cave and becomes a mutant. And judging by the artwork... That boy with a pet frog is, I don't know, he's like 28. <laughs> yes, and they, they give a little synopsis of that plot in the top right here. So the, if you read the text, the little white text at the top right, it kind of goes over, hey, the weird frog story, which is cool. Jason loved his pet frog, Fred, more, and more than anything. To like compare this to the Mickey Mouse one, uh, so this is clear, this, it's an example of, hey, this game's good. And it also reflects in the little walkthrough we get. Because uh, if you look through these pages, which, again, is just like maps and tips and stuff like that. Right. It just looks really – like the design of it looks a lot better. There's, it's a lot sleeker, a lot better. It's actual tips. Well, and again, you know, like we were talking about with Mickey Mouse capades, uh, the artwork – Blaster Master is a great-looking Nintendo game. Like I think it still looks really good yeah, as totally. far as 8-bit games go. And uh, the layout reflects that. So, you know, the uh, – the thing that they're commenting on is in the thing in in the magazine. That's that's like clever and meta to say, right? Yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> and if you keep on going through it, we're going to hit some a little gift section. Ah, uh, dude. Okay, so because it is the holiday issue, I guess Nintendo wanted you to have gift ideas, and uh, it's a mix of of merch and uh, some some controllers and accessories for your Nintendo tapes. Sleeping bags and stuff. But I got to be honest, Brett, I think this stuff sucks, and I just got you something else from the Sears catalog. Oh, that's a good call. Uh, Hang I, on. Where's the, where's the... Here we go. You ready for the second round of more, the gift exchange? More gifts. More gifts. More from the Christmas se- spirit. It's more Christmas spirit coming your way. Um, now that we got... I got the Bible tapes out of the way first from Grandma. Yeah. Um, this time around, I wanted to get you something functional that would last you for a long time. Okay. Because, you know, like, you're growing up and going out into the world and doing things. And um, 
I saw they had some leather jackets, so I got you a superbly soft buffed cowhide leather Oakton limited jacket. Um, and uh, wow, this uh, stop that jingle. I just want to show you um, the the picture of this cool brown jacket. Okay, uh, you have a, a cool life partner with you in a different colored jacket. So just consider for a moment that you know. Now that you have this jacket, this is a Sears jacket. You'll be able to buy another one. Um, it's pretty nice. I actually like this jacket. Yeah, so you've got a really cool leather jacket. It was like a you know, like one hundred and forty four dollars. Wow. Yeah. This is this it is was a on sale. Huge even huge step up from the last one. This is really nice. Um, all right. So yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. This You're is, welcome. This has been a great, great, great Christmas. Merry Christmas. Uh, so I actually the package I gave you. I, I feel like I need to explain the packaging a little bit. Okay. So you grab it. And I, I want to I want to at least point out like the packaging is kind of messy and it seems hastily thrown together, mm-hmm. right? Okay. So like, all right, it just seems like I, you know, while you're taking a bathroom break, snuck off and like wrapped it, right? Yeah, it does. It does kind of seem that way. Yeah, and so you open it up and it's a bunch of uh, Bible cassette tapes. <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> so I already so, have these. Yeah. I already have these. I I regift. I regifted <laughs> from earlier in the evening. These are the same ones. I need more eggnog. I'm just going to be point blank and say what I did. I regifted your gift. I did not want. Now I have two sets of Bible tapes. <laughs> I guess I have no choice but to regift these to somebody else. <laughs> Can't give them to you. You'll just give them back. <laughs> but I do like the jacket, so I appreciate it. I'm in the Christmas spirit. I started. I'm, I'm feeling bad. I thought I wasn't going to like your second gift, so this, this regift would be. <laughs> A little bit <clears throat> less of a guilt thing, but I feel like a total Howard right now. Should have gotten you. I, I was going to get you a hair dryer for your first gift because it's the '80s, so you need something to feather that hair out. Yeah, man. Okay. Well, I think my third gift is going to be a complete redemption for me. I, I think I got my. I'm, I saved the best for last. Okay. Good. Well, I feel totally screwed by this gift. So yeah, not, no, not no, I, both. I feel bad. I thought I thought I thought I wasn't, but I like this jacket so much that uh, I really feel like I should the bed for this one. Yeah, that's um, a thank you. I guess Merry Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> All right, and then we go on to the the next section outside of let's get out of the spirit. Um, I'm saying we hit our Christmas low point. Happens every Christmas though. Every Christmas has a Christmas low point. We can, yeah. I guess, I guess it does. Does it? <laughs> Maybe not. From what I can remember, the holidays don't always necessarily have a low point. Hey, every holiday has a low. It's, uh, you know. The low point might just be merely good, or it might be terrible, depending on your uh, your role your for the Christmas. Yeah. Roll of the dice. Whatever. Um, well, we hit, we hit a low point, regardless, whether that's part of tradition or not. We hit a real deep low point. I mean, we didn't... We, you hit a low point with the first gift, and then you made the second gift a low point by giving it back to me because you were, like, I guess, angry. And I was mad. I was honestly, I was not in the holiday spirits. I uh, felt full of rage and anger and unfortunately gifted it. Let's. Uh, I was going to put the jingle on again, but now I'm not going to. Because of my rage. Uh, we'll, we'll hit yeah. this. Yeah, because it's. That's- oh my God. It's time. It's time for the poster. The <laughs> wait. We have to change the name. This is the Nintendo Power Centerfold. The Nintendo Power Centerfold. Yeah. So again, I'm sure this is great podcasting. It's Drop a cool a po- bomb on it. Boom. Yeah, that's kind that's of a, a lame. Quiet. 
Yeah. yeah. What about this one? The Adventures of Bayou Billy. What is, that's is that wrong, video though. game related? Yeah, that's from The Adventures of Bayou Billy. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Go ahead. Make my day. I mean, that's from the Dirty Harry NES game. <laughs> uh, neither of those games are the games that uh, are on this centerfold. This centerfold is about uh, Blaster Master once again. Billy, who has uh, been really working on those shoulders. Yeah, Jesus. Look, look at the look at his definition on his arms on his uh, Sentai suit there. Billy's handsome, right? Can we, can we can we throw that on the table? Yeah, this time he looks a little younger too. He looks like he's maybe eighteen instead of twenty eight. Yes, he he's aged down. I I would say those biceps are the biceps of a twenty t- mid twenties. I don't think a eighteen year old is capable. He's been taking all kinds of supplements. At what age can he become buff? At really any age? Do you know? Like what what's he, the age where you could like look ripped? Like can you look ripped at six years old? You're the guy that exercised in high school. You tell me. <laughs> yeah, I didn't look ripped though. <laughs> No, neither did I. I was really skinny. Uh, I guess uh, you can have muscle definition in high school. High schoolers play football. Yeah, I, I, yeah. So right? I, okay, I buy this. So yeah, he's. Um, I mean, he clearly looks too old to have a pet frog that he loves more than anything. Like <laughs> it's just having a pet frog feels like an eight-year-old thing, right? A ten-year-old yeah. thing. Uh, but going down that centerfold, like they have these amazing kind of. They built a model. Of the uh, oh man, what is the name of the car in Blaster Master? Um, the Blaster, uh, Master the Blaster, the Blaster Mobile. Oh, the tank is yeah, the tank is named Sophia the Third in the U.S. version. Hmm. So so Sophia the Third <laughs> is firing and racing and diving all over this poster. I love this miniature. It looks super great. It looks like a little diorama figurine, like a little Lego car. It's cool, yeah, because it, it kind of almost looks like an ad for a like a, a, a like a toy car mm-hmm. in a way. But it like really works. Like I would say, of the posters we've hit, this is probably my favorite. Agreed, definitely it's my just, favorite too. It's just very interesting and distinct. Yeah, and they uh, this is a real thing. I believe they built at Nintendo of America for this because they had no money for the images in the magazine, so they just kind of pieced this together. And Art of Nintendo Power has this model, I believe. Oh wow! So yeah, they got a hold of it. Man, that's really cool. It's a cool poster. The it's a cool pl- poster. Plot of Blaster Master doesn't make any sense in the U.S. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm down to fold up this poster and c- call it a halftime. Yeah, let's let's take a break. Uh, the break sponsored by Howard and Nestor. Howard and Nestor. I think I've. Uh, if if you do we have a break sound? Yeah, you gonna do the. I, that's not. That's not a great break sound. Let's try know. a new one. Oh, I got it. All right, take a break. <laughs> hey, you're listening to the Now You're Playing With Podcast, the podcast. Are you ready? This is the Beer Break, brought to you by Howard and Nestor. Hey, I'm Nestor. Um, glub up that beer, my friend. Here we, Here, we Here, we Here we go! All right, you want to send me and Weston some emails? Oh, no. Yeah. Now you can. Now you can. Send them to mailbox at nowyourplane.com. Yeah. All right, let's get back to the guys. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back. Yo, yo, yo. All right, here we go. More features. Role-playing games. We have a double feature. It's, once again, they have taken multiple games of the same type and smushed them into one feature. Yeah, and it's like, if you're not... 
I think since this is role playing, I'm a little more like, ooh, my brain's interested. So I can actually maybe like, I'm paying enough attention to be able to like tell the difference between the games because I'm actually paying attention. But if this was baseball and there's three smushed together, I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And I think with role playing games, these games all kind of look the same. <laughs> they do. Yeah, that's another. Yeah. So they, they, the, the people that created Nintendo Power. Uh, risked again creating a feature where that's just incoherent because it's multiple games smushed together. But this time they did a better job because they talked about one game, which is Ultima, and then they talked about another game, which is Legacy of the Wizard. They're actually separate in the feature. Yeah, they're separate enough, but I can still see someone who, like, if you're a person who's not interested, immediately interested in role-playing games, and this is actually, I think, an interesting part of this, is they're kind of... I don't think the term RPG is super known at this point like they yeah they felt the need like they start the section by saying role-playing games and they have the need to have a paragraph describing what a role-playing game is collect items gain experience increase your strength and nowadays that could be any game because all games have rpg elements in them totally and so i'm sure at this point and i don't know i I guess i wasn't like a kid at the time or living at the time i was not alive at this point it's true you were not i was barely alive (laughs) and i'm sure yeah i wonder if like uh this genre is like when people think of video games they just think oh you're mario and you're jumping around and you don't think of um you know this vast uh this crazy amount of like a video game is so broad and big at this point where mm-hmm. I feel like I'm sure video games were very almost like dismissed at this point in time. And they were just kind of like, you just think of the three games you know about if you're not like super into it. Yeah. People. And also you're talking about a game genre that's coming from, well, I guess. So you have the Japanese RPG and then you have Western RPGs were mostly PC games, right? That's yeah, where they kind of got their start. So maybe this is also, it's new to see these on consoles. Okay, yeah, I could totally see that. This so is... they're kind of, they're kind of like, here, we're going to inform you. Uh, this kind of game will suck up your whole week, and maybe your weekend also. Um, yeah. Your wife will leave you. When you get older, you can only play one of these games. Like, I can only, that's which is hard now, because I love RPGs, and I'm now, I'm at the point where I'm like, I get, I can have one that I'm playing, and oh, I, yeah. I'll only get... I can't play I, – I want to play Persona 5 so bad, but I gave up on it again because yeah. I started playing it. I'm like, no. Yep, I, I, same here, and it's it's tough. I just wish – I guess the next step over this would be like an MMO kind of game. I'm like, I just can't. There's no there's no version of me because that's it's, – it's, it's hard because it's, it's just like this is the only game I'm going to play for a year then, you know? Yeah, my my manager at my Destiny Two job uh, has been leaving me voicemails, being like, "Hey, hey, Weston, hey, we we could really use you uh, on the moon. Are you gonna <laughs> you gonna start playing?" So I just keep avoiding. This is how I quit work at Best Buy back in the day. Also, I just stopped showing up for two weeks. <laughs> really? So, yeah, this is apparently how I deal with jobs I don't want to do anymore because <laughs> I just stop communicating and and withdraw. Yeah, I feel like I'll, I'll, I always with jobs go way longer than I should have, and then I suddenly have a moment where I'm like, "Oh, I'm freaking burnt out right now." Hey, Weston, buddy, uh, Brett's on the moon alone right now. Uh, are you gonna you gonna go help him out, out with the pit of heresy? Maybe are you gonna you gonna do? Nope. No voicemail. <laughs> See Brett at a party, and it's really awkward because he had to do the the dungeon alone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I actually don't know a lot about Ultima, really. 
Oh, you made it than... sound like you had a lot to say about Ultima. I, I have stuff to say off the observation of them pitching Ultima. Oh, well, but I don't really know much about this. I mean, it seems, from my view of this, it seems interesting and it seems exciting. Like I, I feel like old games could have such bigger scope because you don't like nowadays you have to like make every building and like every building needs to seem like a building. Back then with these older games, you know, you, you just have to make like one spray like. You're able to get to a much bigger scope and, like, get, frankly, probably to a point of bad game design, be over complex and, like, have 30 different classes. And, you know, there's just yeah. so much, infer- like, so much stuff. I mean, if you play, like, the old Boulder Gate games, if we're talking about, like, original RPG stuff, it's, like, there's um, so much stuff in that. And those games are, what, 15 years evolved from this? Yeah, totally. Because like, it's late 90s? Or even, like, uh, we've talked about, like, NetHack recently. Like, just, there's so much information. Like, I always get so excited when I play a game and it's like there's 30 different classes and I don't know why it's it almost is like I don't know how to describe it just but like maybe like owning 20 million Pokemon cards where you just like something about like the amount of the possibilities the amount of possibilities and then you end up actually not enjoying it because I end up just like being like I don't know what to choose and you spend way too much time looking into it and it's not actually fun but there's Mm -hmm. something about that like immediate moment. Maybe it's what like a billionaire gets when they look at their bank account. They're like, "Yeah, look at all, look at all that." Yeah, that's but, a lot of stuff. And they they say that, but they're not happy. No, yeah. <laughs> and they just go back on their boat, and they're alone, and like their family hates them. <laughs> but yeah, it's something like it's immediately in this game, they just have, have a huge list of or a decent size of the different. I guess it's eleven. I guess it's not crazy, but that's more than any game nowadays. Yeah. So you have yeah you have all these occupations. I mean, it's very much this feels like. Dungeons and Dragons, of course, because these games, I think, on many levels are trying to emulate like what pen and paper role playing totally. got us yeah. so that we can all pretend to be in Lord of the Rings. Is and it- is that why? There's probably why because D&D, I haven't really played a lot of it, uh, but it seems like it is a game where there's a lot of stuff. Like you could be. Oh, yeah. There's, there's and- a ton of classes. There's a ton of I, yeah, everything. I, I don't know offhand anything. how many classes you can be in dungeons and dragons but you have your your race or whatever kind of critter you are yeah and then you also have are you a paladin are you doing which which god do you serve that gives you yeah and then like, it's like you click you're a paladin and there's like 10 types of paladins that you could be you it's could be it's a very dark, a dark paladin a uh I got that's it. <laughs> yeah, there's only it, it appeals very much to the kind of person who like loves charts and organizing things. Maybe that's what it's itching because I like this stuff, and that's uh, maybe that's my OCD brain kicking off and being like, yeah, this is fun. I never got so I didn't play Ultima. I may have tried playing Ultima, and I vaguely remember maybe trying the second game here, Legacy of the Wizard, but the only RPG I remember playing uh, Dragon Warrior one and Final Fantasy on the NES. Those were both like rentals for me. Yeah. And yeah, you can just barely scratch the surface of those games, you know, in a weekend. You gotta really you gotta oh, plan totally. on only doing that because I would get like through one dungeon maybe and I wouldn't know where to go or what to do. I I have a lot of memories of like Game impressions happening before my memory developed. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I probably grew up with a lot of video games. So by the time I started actually being able to develop memories, I already had opinions. Of you. Like, I already, like, knew, by the time I can rem- like, my first memory in my is, life is there, I can think of, it's like a I, video already knew, of- I already knew everything, like, 
my first memory that was developed, I already I started my my brain started life by the time I knew everything about Legend of Zelda. Like I already mm-hmm. had that information stored before I could store my own memories. I just have this image of you as like a toddler, and they're like trying to hand you a copy of uh, you know they hand you Legend of Zelda, and you take it and set it down next to you, and they try to hand you a copy of. Uh, I don't know what's a bad game. Mickey Mouse Capade. <laughs> and you slap it out of their hand. Yeah. Yeah, I was a video game savant. But no, I like I You I, knew. I didn't play a lot of RPGs, but for some reason, and it was probably because I just like was I was probably like just watching my dad play these games bef- like as a little small kid. But like I for some reason loved these games. Mm-hmm. Yet I never played them. Like I had a very like the idea of having a party of four, like especially JRPG stuff. I was like, that's that's what the, to me that's what video games were, but I never actually played those games. Oh, you know what I just realized is what. So I've heard plenty of times young parents, like parents with like toddler kids that they just had, and they can play games, and the kids like sitting in their lap, you know, so the kid can't go somewhere and throw themselves down a flight of stairs or something. Yeah, and um, they keeping that kid alive, but also playing some games. And I've heard that kind of anecdote many times from like young fathers. But I've never heard like what happened to the kid, and you're it. Yeah, totally. So that yeah. kid is like it's it's like playing uh, Mozart for the kid in the womb. You're just <laughs> picking up Final Fantasy tips. Yeah, when I was when I was in the womb, I was just hearing um, the Legend of Zelda theme song. It's, it's a natural. So like, I'm wondering what what would you have picked up as like natural and proper like it's probably, four red mages. It was probably a lot of PC game. My dad was probably playing a lot of. Um, uh, old school PC RPG games, and he probably just had me in the lap trying to keep me alive, uh, <laughs> like parents do. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm for sure. Whenever, like, you can always get like when you're up kids. Like that's what I, I mean. I don't know what it's actually like to to be that far in 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 being a fucking adult. But, uh, <laughs> but you got I'm, time. You got yeah, time. Yeah, I know. I, I don't feel pressured or anything. But it always does feel like I'm like, ah, oh, shit. You have a kid, and you can't do anything. But the nice thing is, like, you always talk about, like, oh, you're, you don't get sleep, you're always up, all that stuff. But when you're doing that, you're also playing video. Like, I always hear people who are gamers, you just have the kid in the lap, you're playing a video game. When, when you, like, have to just stay up with your kid when it just not, isn't sleeping, you just play a video game. Yeah. To, like, keep your, and that sounds kind of fun. And, until they get old enough that you really shouldn't be playing certain games around them. Yes. It's like, yeah, 20, 2016 Doom, you know, like the new <laughs> Doom games maybe is a little bit much for like a kid who can process what's going on on the screen. You're just going to give them infinity nightmares. Yeah. Oh, well, I, and one thing I thought was interesting about Ultima was the five, uh, the five races you could be. Oh. Did, you, did you see Where it? is that? It's on the... Oh, Human, Elf, Dwarf... Okay, yes. Yeah, you so, want to go down this list? Yeah, let's start. So the first race I you can be... I didn't see this at all. Yes. Oh, it's great. Wow. The first race you can be is a human. The mm-hmm. next, elf. And then after that, dwarf. So the standard stuff. The next one is a bobbit. So I'm assuming like it's a like ho- a hobbit, it's but a it's, hobbit. it's a bobbit. But they're good at clerical stuff. What does that mean? I, I don't know. And it being called... It sounds like boppet. Yeah. I'm actually picturing it as like a... Huge machine that is a boppet. So bringing back boppets. <laughs> and then after that is a fuzzy. Hmm. Which I'm I'm, I'm just picturing like, like an what, Ewok. What a two year old would call a uh, yeah like a Ewok or Chewbacca. Big fuzzy. Yeah, it's wild. I'm sure the words boppet and fuzzy will never be an option in a game ever again. This is. You know what this hits on that I think is like really underserved in fantasy? Bears should be wizards. Why? 
Because it sounds awesome. Like, like a bear, a, a big, bear. a big fuzzy critter. As a wizard, is is like a master of the elements. That's so yeah, cool. that would be cool. I would, I want to see that. That would be cool. Man, fuzzies, <laughs> bobbits, bobbits. Are you sure it's not that it, it's like a boppet toy and it's just like a very small businessman named Bob? And he's it. Yeah. And he, yeah, he just. Hey, heard you guys need some healing. He gets out of his little pinto and is like running over. Or with his... what if we're mispronouncing it? It's not it. It's Bob from IT. <laughs> yeah. I, yep. Wait. Yeah. It. It. It's cool seeing this stuff. It. The way I always see this is like, it seems like it's kind of what VR is now, except for Half Life because that was freaking sick. Yeah. But it feels oh, like. A thing where it's like, hey, the technology is not there yet. I feel like with these really big RPGs, like they're not quite where they will be soon. Yeah, and design-wise, you're missing some of the kind of key parts of the language of the RPG. You might say like branching dialogue trees, like the stuff that totally. comes later. So this is very much like an era where it's you're having to make some compromises to have a fantasy adventure on totally. your television. Yeah, so it just does, yeah, it seems like the ambition uh, is a little bigger than the technology at this time. Eyes are a little bigger than their tummy. That's not an analogy that fits here. All right, let's. All right. Actually, I think it does. I think that's a perfect analogy. So then, there's that other. There's another game that I'm sure people who don't care about dragons is like would assume it's the same game. Legacy of the Wizard. There's a dragon you fight in this one. I guess they only gave two pages to this one. They spent a lot more time on Ultima. Well, Ultima got four, so it, yeah, doubled the page count. But oh man, do you have anything else on uh, wizards or? No, I've already moved on. We're on the counselor corner. I've moved on. To, wait, do we have a... I don't know which button to press. Mario's. Hey, we're at <laughs> counselor's corner. <laughs> yeah. And the gameplay counselors. And so, again, this is like people will ask questions of like, hey, I'm, I'm having trouble with this in this game. And the counselors will like say, give them little tips and give them little, little walkthroughs. And these are people... Right. We literally get paid to play video games and give tips and guides for it. And they have another – they did another illustration. Whoever the, this illustrator is that did the Counselor Corner title also does Howard and Nestor. And while we've been, let's say, critical of Howard and Nestor, I just want to say again, I love this illustrator. Whoever this is, um, I, I think totally. their artwork is amazing. Yeah, it is actually very distinct. I, I, love, I love the little – like the, the eyes that are – they're little like just lines – uh, everyone's super cute. It's an office environment. Yeah. Everyone's having fun at the office, giving gameplay tips to children. Yeah, it's nice. The other the other magic thing that happened in this issue that's new, we have our first game counselor glamour shots. Oh yeah. Jody Sage, Steve Pennington, Sharon Kirksey, and Blaine Phelps. And not yeah, not just that, but they have little things where they, it's like it's like this little kind of dorky almost like school photo of the counselor corner person. But on top of that, they, they, you know, you get a little information on them. You get, yeah, their favorite games, some of their high scores. Blaine's favorite game is a pool game. So that's weird. Huh? So yeah. I'm, I'm assuming Blaine just likes pool. Blaine looks like a pool shark. He is looking over sunglasses at us. Very uh, cool. Like in his picture, Blaine seems Fun or annoying? I don't know. Mm. What do you th- is he fun or annoying? I mean, he likes golf, computers, and writing fiction and fantasy stories. Wait a minute. 
does Blaine write the story that's coming up in the issue? We'll come back. I, we, yeah, I wonder if they. There's no credit on it. Well, okay. Well, it's, it's, we'll get to it's, that. Okay, there's, yeah. That's the meat of this issue. The, the little, little, for any of you, a little teaser. There's a real. There's some fiction is, stories. Is it Blaine's fault? What we're about to read. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's fun. It's fun giving like these people characters. It's it, it, like the whole point. Because I didn't experience this, but you have this, right? Where like you kind of do look at these counselor corner people with a little bit of reverence in it, but like, were I mean, were you actually as a kid using this? Like, did you ever? You said you said you did call them once, right? Yeah, I mean, the the trick is when it comes to counselors corner and the next area classified info. Counselors corner, of course, is where you go to the counselors to ask for help, and or the counselors attempt to answer questions that people keep calling about that they're sick of answering. Yeah. And then in classified info, the counselors come to you. Unsolicited codes and tips from games. I think the big thing here is like you have to have an issue that covers things that are relevant to a game that you have right then. Yes. And there's a lot of Nintendo tapes out there. So I would say on the whole, uh, these were interesting to read but not immediately useful most of the time. Just because – odds are you don't have the game or exactly or if i do i'm not dealing with that specific part so it was more like a glimpse into uh what it's like to have a problem with a different to have a problem with metal gear totally and sometimes they're just easter eggs uh in fact one of the cooler ones on this is just straight up a glitch i believe and i actually as a i enjoy that stuff like i enjoy even if it's a game i haven't played I, I maybe this is the nerdiest thing about me, but I enjoy like I, if there's a YouTube video saying top ten Easter eggs in video games of all time, I'm gonna eat that video up. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna taste I, it. I'm gonna swash it around my mouth. I'm gonna have a good time. Can I blow your mind? As your co-host of a podcast about old Nintendo magazines, I also love those videos. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Okay, so far 100 percent of people like those videos. To, th- this is a this is confirmation bias, though, because the two people hosting a Nintendo Power podcast would, of course, be fascinated by <laughs> video game minutiae. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I'm always embarrassed when, like, my YouTube algorithm starts feeding me those videos. Because me and my roommates have, like, a shared YouTube account. We have, like, a comedy Oh, God, that's got to be weird. ...account that we, like, post our videos on. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because yeah. you guys have your, your production company account, basically. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's just where we put all the our vids. And uh, the thing is, I'll sometimes be logged on it when I don't know I am. And I'll start looking up freaking nerdy shit. And then it starts... It's like this algorithm is me and all my roommates. So... Like, one roommate will watch a bunch of, like, classic YouTube videos of, like, this guy uh, created his own American Ninja Warrior uh, uh, thing in his backyard. On his land. Yeah. And then I'm just – you can tell I've been on the account when it's, like, top ten. I'm unboxing Super Mario Bros. (laughs) I literally watched an (laughs) unboxing video of Super Mario Party – of Mario Party just being, like, putting myself in the – trying to pretend what it was like to be a kid opening it again. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, fuck, that's my friend's going to see that. I saw this video. I'm so embarrassed. I I would not want people to see my YouTube algorithm. Like, I mean, most of it's just synthesizer stuff and video game (laughs) stuff, but like there's always weird corners, like rabbit holes you go down and to have that shared. Like if I just went on one day and somebody's just like, yeah, here's a video about making concrete. Actually, I would be down for that. That's a bad example because I want to know, but yeah, 
I'll, I'll, I'll actually, if I am on that YouTube account and I watch an already video and I realize I'm on that YouTube account, I will then watch 10 Conan O'Brien videos to try to weed that out of the algorithm so I don't Gotta get caught. Be- bevel the algorithm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and well, I would say, speaking of that stuff, though, I would say the cool thing in this classified information is the Super Mario Bros. thing. Uh, yeah. The minus so, one world. Do you know about that? Yeah. So really quick, before we go oh. from Counselor's Corner to Classified Info... It is weird that they're separate sections because they feel like the yeah, same they thing, do feel right? Like the same thing. Um, I did want to point out we have an award to give for uh, best mullet out of our game counselors. <laughs> so I listed the, listed the first four uh, in the list: uh, Jody, Steve, Blaine, and Sharon. None of them have mullets. Uh, Honestly, I would have to say this was less mullets than I thought. But there's there's four more that I neglected to mention earlier: uh, Jack McLean, Garen Galloway. Rob Langang and Jeff Mahaffey, who looks like a character from Halt and Catch Fire, Jeff, uh, the the engineer buddy uh, from the first couple of seasons. Anyways, uh, Rob, Rob, you are our agent number 15 who became a game counselor October 1987. You are our mullet of the issue. Yeah. It is a – God, that's a mullet. Oh, man. Look at that thing. It's pretty good. It's got a little little poofs at the edge where the hair hits his shoulders. Yeah. Now, for context, what a mullet is. is <laughs> yeah, I guess you have to tell people, don't you? <laughs> people don't know what mullets are nowadays. I, that's a joke. I don't. Yeah. That's honestly, the slide whistle is slowly becoming like a shameful uh, uh, <laughs> moment. Every time I've had the slide whistle uh, uh, shot at me. It's pretty degrading. <laughs> Maybe we need two slide whistles. Like, you need one. Yeah, so... Here, let's do this. That that human scream from Super <laughs> Mario Brothers 2. Uh, anyways, classified information. Yeah, actually, really great tips in this classified info. Uh, you were talking... Sorry, I jumped around, but you were talking about uh, Super Mario Brothers. Well, yeah, that's one of the last ones. Did you have any tips or anything before that that, you, that really stuck out as... So... How did, how did I pronounce? I think I pronounced it Gradius last time. I always used to pronounce it Gradius. I'm just trying to sound sophisticated. <laughs> Lots of good Gradius tips this time. Honestly, this classified info, full of excellent codes and tips. These codes are great. And one of them isn't even a code. It's kind of just, it's, it's, it's a glitch. The, the, the infamous Mario Brothers glitch. I don't know a ton about I don't know. It's, it just seems, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're able to, we actually talked about this last issue, was like, in Mario Bros, there's this really cool secret where you can, like, jump above the level to the point where it really feels like you're kind of, like, jumping out of the boundary of the game. Yeah, and you run the, the first warp pipes. Totally, and you run past the ceiling, and you're, like, literally running across the scoreboard and shit that is just stagnant on the top, and you find these secret warp pipes. But there's actually another way to get there. You can literally glitch your way there uh, by, like, I don't fully know like, the nuances to get there, but you're able to, like, you know, you go through the wall basically instead of above the wall. Like, yeah, and and then once you're there, you end up in the minus world, which is a glitch level that you can't leave. Yeah, totally. So yeah, you do get through it, and then you can go down a pipe, and it brings you to this weird. Yeah, literally, like you're in the worlds in Mario Bros. Are like you're in world one, two, three, four, and you go to world negative one. I had no idea that. This early on, people knew about the Minus World. I don't know why. I just always assumed it was... I mean, because it's been years since the game came out at this point. Oh, yeah. You always assumed that got, like, uncovered later on. Yeah. It just seemed like a thing that, you know, found it later. Yeah, because I also think, like, nowadays it's probably easier to find that stuff because of um, the internet. Mm -hmm. People are able to, like, work together and, like, if someone finds it out, they can just easily post it. 
Totally. Where, yeah, it seems like it'd be a little crazier back in the day to, uh, because it feels like the only people who are capable of like reporting this are the counselors themselves. Yeah. Have you seen any, actually, while you're doing, have you seen any videos or do you, do you understand why the glitch happened? Like, do we know why? Oh, the minus world yeah. glitch? Do you know like why the programming, like when you do this thing, it brings you to negative one world, which is this underwater endless level, right? So I actually, I don't know why glitches work the way they do, but I'm endlessly fascinated about the ways that they work. Yeah. Because um, Pac-Man has a kill screen that's like broken and glitched out because it's literally the end of the data on the chips for the game. Uh, Screen 256 or whatever, where it's only like half made and you can't get past it. I also remember an anecdote from the 3DO days. If you know the 3DO, uh, 3DO's hit game starring uh, Kirk Cameron, uh, The Horde. Now, now you're playing with podcast regular Kirk Cameron uh, starred in that game, <laughs> in the FMV segments. Uh, apparently, there was a glitch in that game that made it into some anecdote I read somewhere where due to how the game was programmed, there was a bug where the creatures in the game were actually getting out into the code and eating the code. What? Which doesn't, see, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. That sounds like a rumor. And yet here we are. Wow. They said it, so it must be true. <laughs> So yeah, I that would be uh, that would be a great excuse to have somebody on who understands that stuff more. I would love to hear like the cursed ways because I, I know people will glitch out games now to do speed runs and stuff yes. by doing things with the ROM that are impossible, like pressing a button so fast uh, that you, you, the game can't process it. Totally things like that, and um, if only the world – I guess the world does work like that because you have like fusion power and things that shouldn't happen where it's <laughs> like if, if you do enough stuff to an atom, it will go crazy. Yeah. No, I think uh, innovation is just real-life glitches. That's what I call it. That's yeah. what I call new technology is a real-life glitch. We live in a simulation. I think uh, the first glitch ever discovered was fire. Yeah. Fi- fire is – but fire is like, like it happens in chemical reactions. Like it happens in the – subatomic stuff it's like man if i shoot a proton at this thing it bursts and then uh you know i can enter another dimension yeah which is a real thing that's happening it's i'm I'm just kidding i'm about to tell a lie (laughs) yeah at the end of the day uh glitches are cool glitches are cool let's let's talk more about glitches on our pod later if we do more episodes (laughs) it's too bad this is the last episode of the podcast unfortunately the last episode but Unless some sort of glitch happens. and uh, <gasps> The next section. Oh, my God. Hey, Here we go. I have a... I'd buy that for a dollar. That Smash TV blurb <laughs> takes us to... Nestor's got a grift. Yeah, well, it's... And then it pretty... Actually, I didn't realize how interesting of a... Like, I feel like back in this day, Nintendo would probably make money a decent amount of money off just selling hardware which i don't think happens as much anymore like they'll they'll just sell like a power arm or a a pad like there's so much just random junk that they sell to like as like add-ons for the nintendo i'm sure they make money on accessories yeah or accessories accessories are are distinct from hardware yeah i meant accessories yeah so this this is a two-page spread of nestor hawking some nintendo uh controllers i guess if if it's nintendo tapes of the games nintendo controllers are remotes so he's hawking some remotes (laughs) yeah and it's i didn't realize like i always assumed these were just like weird ways a controller could work like you get do you know how that glove worked oh the power glove i do actually how does that work the power glove so to be clear, um, this this ad is for the NES Max, which was that 
Nintendo controller with a disc in the middle, and then the NES Advantage, the joystick that uh, everybody knows and loves. Which is more interesting than I thought it was. I didn't know much about it. Oh, and also Acclaim made a remote control controller that looks uh, not great. Like a wi- It's like wireless. Is that the big It was deal? also in their gift guide. It was because of this that I was like, we're going to do the Sears catalog again. <laughs> um, th- so the Power Glove comes later. And yeah. the Power Glove was based on a medical technology <laughs> that had like this really incredible – it's basically early accelerometers yeah. mixed with some infrared imaging stuff. So it could actually see where it was pointed to a point. Wow. So a little bit like how Wiimotes work but like way more primitive. So kind of like motion control a little bit. Yeah. It was a motion control device and they covered it in buttons. Now the problem with the Power Glove – and this is again jumping ahead – but – the medical technology thing worked great, and then they had to make it affordable. So they took uh, out all the stuff that made it good, and the end result is a not great device. Totally. Well, if we're talking about this stuff too, though, there's there's some interesting stuff. Like with the NES Advantage, I assumed it was just this – like the power I, – I assumed these were all just like different ways to click A and B and the D-pad. Mm-hmm. I just was like – I always thought these things were like, well, what if we made A really big and then B really big? Mm-hmm. And, like, it, you're just kind of throwing six inputs into a blender and seeing what comes out. And for some reason, people are buying it. But apparently there's more to it because in this Advantage, there's literally – it's like a modded controller. You can literally – there's a button where you can slow the game down, yeah, which is nuts. It's like a I, – I didn't know that you literally – these controllers give you legitimate advantage in the games. And you can kind of, like, almost, like, mod the game and, like, kind of, like, do little hacks and secrets by – you can in a game where it's a platforming, being able to slow down the game is going to help you a lot. And there's also a button where it's called Turbo, where you, it literally like, as you said earlier, with like using ROMs to like kind of do things you can't normally do. Mm-hmm. This Turbo button literally just makes you press A and B. I think extremely quickly, faster than a human could actually do it. Yeah, they so the slow motion button here. I didn't have an NES Advantage, but I had stuff like this at one point or another. What it's doing is pressing the start button really, really fast. Oh, really? When you click it on. So, because almost every game pauses with start. Yeah. And the turbo buttons on the NES Advantage, not only do you get a on-off switch to make the turbo button turn on, you can adjust the speed of the turbo. So it's actually wow. it's quite sophisticated. I remember, like, I had a friend who had, like, a modded Xbox controller. Really? Yeah, he had, like, he had an Xbox controller that had a button on the back of it that he would click, and it would make... It would do something like this where, like, in-game would give him, like, it would make him shoot really fast or something like that. And so when he played Call of Duty or whatever, he would be better than everyone else because he had specific buttons that did specific. Yeah, totally. And, like, did you you never have experience with, like, that kind of of technology and and mods on controllers as a... I never modded anything. I definitely have, for my PS4 controller, I have the back bumpers because in my mind's eye, in my mind's eye, in my mind, I was like, you know... I want to be better at Titanfall 2, and I bet people will still play the game. And the truth is, the only people playing Titanfall 2 are good enough that the back bumper doesn't help me. Yeah, I, I actually just beat the campaign of Titanfall 2, and I'm not going to play online because I'm like, everyone's going to kick my ass. Dude, the multiplayer in that game is so good. Uh, I should try it. The campaign, all I want. Off topic, but the campaign was awesome. Yeah, that game's incredible. Play Titanfall 2. I Ti- it's, it's like a dollar. You have no excuse. It's it's as good as a good Mario game. It's as good as Half-Life 2. It's insane. It, oh, man. It was insane. But, yeah, I, I just always thought, like, modded controllers and controllers that literally, like, because I guess a controller 
essentially is just a thing that uh, transmits input. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to start thinking about ways to like make a special controller. Like as you said, like the, the, the slow motion is pretty clever. And to be able to be like, okay, well, it's really just a device that does input. How can we like figure out cool secret way? Like, cause you could, you could have a controller. Like when you play like Gears of War, when you reload, it's very specific. Like you have to mm-hmm. click a button once and then you have to like time it to click it again. And it's like, if you time it perfectly, you do like a quicker reload and you could mod a controller to literally just do it perfectly every time. If you click a certain button, you know, I just realized this is also, this is a before your time thing. Like having weird controllers was very much of the eighties and nineties. Totally. Yeah. And And that was like super common. When I got this, like when I was a kid, having an NES advantage was like illegal. (laughs) Like if you had an (laughs) NES advantage version on the Xbox 360, you're going to jail, you're going to jail. Yeah. You you have to literally go through like a drug dealer to get it. I feel like yeah, you're more likely to see like modded systems like consoles, like an Xbox that's modded so it runs. Uh, uh, what was that old open source media player? Are you talking about like like jailbreaking it or? Yeah, you like jailbreak a system. Like, yeah. I feel like that's more common than uh, modded controllers now, unless you're like super specialized. Like I need this controller to work a certain way because I'm one of the five best players in the world at X game. Well, like a real modded controller too is a lot more complicated because you actually have to like build extra buttons onto it and stuff like that. Like yeah. if, you, if you mod your like if you jailbreak your iPhone or mod your like Wii or you know get the homebrew channel on your on your Wii or whatever, <laughs> uh, you know it's pretty easy and like you just you just put an SD card. But like for these controllers, you actually have to build something. That's true. Yeah. Man, it's taking me back. Yeah, they just this kind of stuff just does not exist anymore. Yeah, Probably, it is cool. The closest so. thing we had in the aughts maybe is the air conditioner controller that Mad Cats would make, where it's like it's got vents and a little fan, so it blows air on your hands, man. <laughs> so if you, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, sweaty, we got you. Well, that's. I mean, I'm sure this is something. I'm, I'm not like super into because I know like nowadays there's like a lot of like you can just buy like an emulator uh, like device, like a mm-hmm. handheld. Thing. And I'm, I'm sure if you like went and looked around, you could get some crazy ass modded controller like this. It's just yeah. not, uh, it's not licensed through Nintendo anymore. Yeah, even people like Eight Bit Do are not doing turbo controllers. They're yeah. just doing like normal looking remakes of old, you know, like their old Genesis controller and so on. It, it just doesn't do. It doesn't do this weird. Kind of stuff. Fun- I, I was thinking like I would love a controller because I like I, I will never play a fighting game and learn the combos. But if there was a controller that you just pressed one button and it automatically inputs the combo for you, that'd be fun for me. I like I wouldn't play competitive and be a jerk about it, but that would make the game more fun for me. And it would it'd be interesting to be able to like mod your own controller in this way. Hmm. Uh, one other thing, a closing thought. Not only does this Acclaim remote controller look like it's probably really bad because wireless controllers then used RF, so it's like literally TV remote technology. So would it be? In that, would that be like very delayed then? Yeah, or you run the risk of the input not even catching. Yeah, uh, it's it's very, it's not a great way to talk to a thing wirelessly. Yeah, it's kind of like RP. It's just it's 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 too soon. The technology the technology's not there yet. It's ahead of its time. And also, yeah, the NES Max, this disc in the middle of it. I, I don't think I ever saw one of these with the disc not broken and loose. <laughs> like I don't think that thing ever worked. Do people actually buy these? Like if you mm-hmm. like, did most of your friends or even you uh, own these? I, I would see – I remember seeing a lot of NES advantages. That joystick was pretty popular. Uh, the NES Max you would see in like used bins. I feel like that one kind of <laughs> came and went. Yeah. Because that disc is not great. You could also – so there's a black ring 
around that red disc on the NES Max. And the idea was that you put your thumb on the disc and just swipe it wherever you want it to go. Uh, you could also smush those, that black ring down. That was a directional thing that you could press. Okay. That's kind of cool. At least from what I remember. Don't. If I, if I have that wrong, write us an angry email. Yeah, it's, it's like these are one of the things where it's like I kind of miss it. Like I kind of wish I was like able to experience these weird things. But I'm also – I understand why it's gone. <laughs> All right. Shall we move on? Yeah, let's move on. Uh, I have it's, – so, it's called – is the game called Anticipation? What is it? Yeah, so I guess there's this game called Anticipation. Rare made it. Uh, I, really? have, I have no opinion about Anticipation. It, it looks, just feels like a mini game collection, right? It looks of a like little... like different board games almost? Yeah, the board that you play on looks like Trivial Pursuit. The game itself looks like it has some of the qualities of like a Pictionary, where you're trying to guess what an object is as it's yeah. being drawn. More like a... So just a total bore? <laughs> yeah, I mean, maybe this game is good. Yeah, I, I, it, it doesn't look uh immediately fun but that's that's the tough thing with Nintendo games is you really can't get a vibe for it unless you play it i feel like all right and then we're gonna skate on to blades of steel i played some blades of steel when i was little i like this game really are you sure it's not any other hockey game yeah you can tell every hockey game is the same blades of steel had fighting in it that's how i know Ooh, you could you could start a fight and uh beat the hell out of a guy and then the other player has fewer the other team has fewer players oh that's actually pretty cool yeah, Blades of Steel was very same. Uh, was this Konami? Uh, same same company as Double Dribble. Yeah, Konami. These are these are fun games. Cool. Yeah, honestly, like you can. There's so many sports games that they kind of mix together. But honestly, play one of them. A lot of them are really fun. Like, yeah, I've had a lot of fun memories of just playing different uh, games with my buddies that are just random. You know, basketball on the on the Nintendo 64 or whatever. Yeah. And this is very arcadey. This is closer to a NBA Jam or a NFL Blitz. Yeah, that's. I I kind of wish. Are Are there modern examples of of a more arcadey sports game? Because that games like NBA Jam and I'm, I'm just kidding. Those are pretty old at this point. Uh, I don't even know when the most recent Blitz or Jam was. I don't think they make those anymore, do they? Uh, street three on three street street ball. I, I know there was like this uh, football game I played on like the PS2 or P- maybe PS3. I don't remember, but like every time you like hit someone, it like cut into like a Mortal Kombat like X-ray fatality. Like you would hit a person and you'd smash them to the ground, and then suddenly it'd go slow mo and it would be X-ray on his like ribs, and you'd see the ribs crack. Oh my god! Yeah, it was like it was like ultra brutal. So it accurately represented what football <laughs> players today go through as the game becomes yeah, faster it, it, and more it, dangerous. It really undersold the dangers <laughs> of of sports. Uh, Oh, football specifically. Yeah, I, I think that's what I miss. Like, modern sports games seems to be, and I might be missing the ones I would be more attracted to, but they seem to be more like, let's make basketball as real as possible, which might not even be true. I don't even play these, but it just seems like when I'm watching the gameplay, but it really seems like it's going for accurate uh, yeah. depictions of it, which I would, you know, I want to be able to, like, throw a ball and, like, have the ball catch on fire and shoot into the yeah into like the baseball simulator one thousand yeah yeah that's we we might be in a lull it might be kind of like racing games like I've really missed I I mean what I really want is another burnout game because burnout yeah people love burnout. Oh, man but maybe maybe we're just in a lull and we're we're 
trying to get to the part where those games become profitable and people actually make them again. Yeah, and I, I should actually try some of these more grounded ones because maybe they are fun. Like, I, I know the Forza games, like, have a cool, like, you can make your own game types and there's, like, a lot of weird modding and stuff like that. Or not modding, but, like... In my understanding, yeah, like, one of the Forza games is more simulation and one of them, like, Forza, Forza Motorsport is the simulation one and then Forza, the other one... Which is the actual name I, of the game? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Is is the more arcadey one, and that one plays more like a Gran Turismo. Like one of them is more Gran Turismo y, one of them is more Need for Speedy. Okay, yeah, I, I dig, I'm glad that they're tapping in at both sides. Something for everybody. Uh, speaking of something for everybody, there's also a helicopter game, which Cobra Command. It's great. This is like Choplifter. This is a side-scrolling helicopter adventure. Yeah, it's, it's helicopters. This yeah. helicopter goes down into caves in this game. <laughs> Just like real helicopters do. Yeah, I, uh, there's an underwater section. Yep, there's a. Is there an underwater? No, there isn't. Why would you lie to me? That was a lie. Uh, next up, you got Racket, which is a tennis game. If you can believe that, with a name like Racket, a Racket Attack. I was just looking at one of the two pages. Are these n- names of the characters? Because like they go over like the different characters you can play. Are these weird names, or are they just foreign names that I don't know about? I do you know? I want. Man, I love these character names. We have a Brofsky. A guy's one person's name. His name is First. First? Okay, great. I see a guy named Horn. All I see, right. I see a guy named Eagle. Gibco? Or, or <laughs> Jibco? I'm not really sure what the pronunciation is. Yeah, so I'm like, is this a foreign game where these are like normal names? Because, I mean, I feel like... These, some of these names, I mean... Uh, Spawn, we have like just like a, a gamer and streamer Steven Spawn, like that. That's a yeah, real name, totally. you know. But are there people anywhere named Eagle or Hor- I? I can see Horn being a name for some people. Yeah, this is just getting to that line, like uh, like the the baseball names in that one baseball game. We're yeah, talking. yeah, yeah. Sleeve McDyckel and so on. <laughs> Doug McNutt. Yeah, it just feels like they almost like uh, every time they. Uh, they were eating like alphabet soup and every time they'd look at their spoon and the letters and they're like, all right, let's make a name out of this. This sounds vaguely Western. Yeah. Do it. But I don't really have anything else on it. It seems like just uh, a normal tennis game. You know, it could be great, but it just seems normal here. Boom. Transition sound. Hey, yeah, let's do that to uh, video shorts. Video shorts. <laughs> and I have nothing to say in video shorts, personally. Yeah, these are this is very brief coverage of a bunch of games. Uh, I always found Paperboy super hard. It's actually cool at the arcade because Paperboy, you're just playing a Paperboy, and you like uh, you've just, got the handlebars. Yeah, you're, you're actually handlebarring you're actually, like, on a little like fake bike. And there were multiple sizes of cabinet for that, right? Yeah. It wasn't just the bike one. I, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm sure there. Probably were. Paperboy's so hard. It's because it's isometric. Yeah. So, you know, the angles of your guy, it, it just doesn't feel doesn't feel right, which I guess delivering papers, like if that's your actual job, you have to be thinking both ahead of you and to the left. <laughs> so maybe it's just <laughs> a very... Complicated game. It's an accurate representation of, the, of that challenging job. They've got Bubble Bobble, which is a game I like. I uh, love Bubble Bobble. My experience Bobble. is actually playing Bubble Bobble on the TI-83 Plus calculator. Oh. Uh, in math class in, in middle school, I had a bunch of games on it, and I had Bubble Bobble. And not only did I have Bubble Bobble, but you could connect. I was able to connect my calculator to another friend's calculator, and we played co-op Bubble Bobble during oh, math shit. class. Wow. Yeah, so fun. Yeah, that's great. 
Puzzle Bobble, the <laughs> the bubble popping puzzle game sequel is sequel question mark to Bubble Bobble. Big fan of that one too. Ooh. We got we got some Ghostbusters, which uh, I believe this is not a great NES game. Yeah, Tecmo Baseball. Yeah, which I don't really know. Yeah, I'm I'm good to I'm good to slap out of here. Uh, yeah, let's move yeah. on. Um, we got Pack Watch. I played this WrestleMania game. That's all I have to say about this. Yeah, there, there's interesting. There's a game called California Games where it's just like uh, it's like a California simulator. <laughs> Again, no game. Yeah, it's just like, a weird game that shouldn't exist. Like, like track and field. This this should be a, a this is a, a sports game collection where you're like BMX biking, skating. You got a half pipe for skateboarding. You got hacky sack, which they call foot bag. <laughs> yeah, it's just all, all the California classics. Disc golf games that you can only play Tim. high. Yeah, I and uh, surfing. What what's a California activity that they're missing? Like, what's a very California that isn't hacky sack or surfing? Being seen at clubs in Hollywood, <laughs> stalking celebrities. Uh, what's another California complaining about the mayor? <laughs> That'd be great. Like a big dialogue tree of different complaints. Uh, traffic. Like I feel like traffic Southern California traffic is like driving up the PCH. Honestly, even though we're kind of giving joke answers, I actually feel like traffic should have been in this game. I feel like being on the highway and like dodging cars actually yeah. should have been in this. Like that's actually a legitimate critique for me is that that should be in this. This is another speed dating should have been an activity you could do in this game. <laughs> and you sit down and it's like. You have to choose your response, and like the person opposite you is like, so what do you do? And if they don't like your response, it's just seven minutes of waiting for the moving on to the next table, but they don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I work in marketing. Yeah, but otherwise, you know, there's not a ton on this that... Ska- know, Skate or Die is in here. Skate or Die is cool. Skate or Die is a cool game. That's a cool-ass game. But again, California games should have just... They should have had an opportunity for you to quit playing California games, and you go around the corner and you're, you're doing Skate or Die, which skate is or die is sick. punk as hell. Skate or Die is awesome. It's a game where you skate or you die. Yeah, through a number of uh, skating activities. And in between the activities, you have skate adventures, like uh, trying to make a mixtape for that, uh, that special skater in your life that you're trying to impress. Is that actually like and, a... Uh, cutting class. Is that a real? Th- is that actually what you do? No, I'm yeah. I'm just continuing the thing where it's like honestly, all of these mini game collections would have been better with like a social to- game well, element to oh, it. Okay, okay, great. Okay, because you saying that I was about to say that's what I was hoping Track and Field Two would be, but you were, you were joking. You were just saying that's what we yeah, wish. That's what I we just, wish it was. I want I want all these games to be Persona, honestly, like you were saying. I dude, that would be honestly yeah, skater like any sports game where between these mini games you're doing that. I, I'm genuinely. Make it, ha- make it happen. Someone's got to make it happen. The, the last game here, uh, Spy vs. Spy, also would benefit from a social minigame where the spies, when they're not trying to kill each other, are hanging out at Mad Magazine headquarters <laughs> and uh, trying not to get canceled as magazine subscriptions dwindle. And like, <laughs> uh, they, they end up in pitch sessions for like what terrible pun jokes are going to go on the cover. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> and then there's some like non-important storylines. Like one employee just always leaves his uh, his coffee in the microwave. Like he always reheats his coffee. <laughs> yeah, he reheats it, uh, and he always leaves it in there, and you have to address it to him. In in the dialogue tree, uh, so there's multiple. Uh, it's a diamond shaped thing, like Mass Effect, where the choices you make 
uh, when you're not actually trying to kill the other spy, when you're just at Mad Magazine headquarters, uh, just keep branching and branching. But it all narrows down to kind of one thing. But in every dialogue conversation that you have, you have a tree option that just says, what me worry. <laughs> oh, and that is a perfect transition joke. <laughs> and on that, into... Uh, we've arrived... The high point. If, if Howard and Nestor are the low point of these magazines, I would say the high point. Nintendo Power is becoming a fiction magazine. It is. It's, it's, it's weird. a fiction anthology, but it only has one story this time. So right, Yeah, right now we're in part one. It's called Captain Nintendo. It's like this weird, uh, yeah, just like fictional story. I don't know what else. It's not like fan fiction. It's not like fan fiction. It's kind of is, but it's just this weird book and we're reading the first chapter of it of yeah this it's kind of superhero named captain nintendo uh and by the way that's what this is is not what you just pictured a, whoever the captain nintendo super superhero story is this is a very strange version of of what that could be this is how many words is this it's about what a couple thousand words 1500 words maybe? you know it's a lengthy read it felt like reading a, a chapter of a book yeah it, it is part one of a larger story that apparently will continue in future issues and it is about three employees at nintendo um we got maxwell w powers who lumbers when he moves around so he must be a pretty broad guy pretty pretty big guy maybe and you've got uh, his friend brett which is my name and uh you have a uh female employee named tara who is uh, very like? What are you two up to? Is yeah. how I summarize. You no, know, not not, uh, not you two idiots. Third dimension. <laughs> yeah, yeah. kind of just classic. Just uh, some nerdy guy who works here just wrote a little fiction story, and it's you know, and, and this yeah. So yeah, it's it's very. You just said it wasn't fan fiction, but but it feels like it, right? It kind of like it doesn't feel like it feels like a person just kind of. Uh, vomiting out a story yeah so what happens is uh the, these employees end up through a well, set of the stage first though oh yeah they really sell a sterile office environment pretty well for about the first couple of paragraphs it's just them being like hey how's work go like it's just them drinking yeah. coffee doing office talk for like quite like you're gonna ask so and so out from accounting yeah, like, yeah they're just like very... doing small talk like they're talking about this guy, the, the main character, and this is a kids' magazine. The first thing we like open up on is a guy being like doing invoicing. That's how yep. we're starting the story. Is a guy, oh hey, how's invoicing going? Ah, you know, it's just I'm cranking at it. Yeah, it's just, and he, it's just one a of weird, them is it data entry? Yeah, they're they're working data entry jobs, and they kind of describe it. It's such a weird start to a kids' story. Like this is meant for kids. That's the audience, and they start with a long winded just data entry office talk. Yep. And uh, what happens is uh, Max Maxwell, who I'm going to call Max Powers, just for because he has the Max Powers. Uh, he, uh, what do you think the W in his name stands for? Is that his middle name? Like the W? Is that Max W? Maxwell W Powers. Maybe the W is for uh, Willow, the NES game. <laughs> Maxwell Willow Powers. Yeah, there's probably going to be a big plot twist. Uh, whatever that W is, uh, maybe it's for. Uh, At his low point, he remembers his middle name is Willow, and Willow. One in the movie, so hey. he knows to yeah. Honestly, that'd be better than anything. <laughs> Any choice we make for this story will be better than the choices this writer made. <laughs> All right, so yeah, Max gets a package of microchips by accident and takes them over to his friend Brett Randall's, who instead of working is playing Metroid. 
And uh, then Tara comes in and uh, sets coffee down next to the microchips, which causes them to explode. And the microchips embed themselves into Brett's body, right? Yeah, Brett. Well, Brett actually, we're missing a very heroic moment. Uh, That's there, right. There's this moment of like the chips bubbling and it's like glowing and it's pretty intense. And Brett, as a hero, shields himself. Oh, keep going. I'm, I'm doing. The he uh, shields himself over the the explosion and. These chips explode under him like he, like a like a soldier jumping over a grenade, and he like flings back, and he's just embedded with microchips from the from the aftermath. Yeah, so so Brett's like filled with grenade shrapnel, pretty much. Yeah, like he just Max standing frozen at the door could only manage to stare and sputter the chips under his breath. He was real heroic in this moment, and I guess he uh, it ends well for him. Yeah, you know, uh, first of all. For the first part of the story, I just want to acknowledge this is a, a great example of like really good narrative fiction because we know what everybody wants right away. We actually do. We, you know, one of them wants microchips. One of them wants a date. Uh, Tara wants to be like, "What are you guys up to?" Yeah, no, the, the, the female. Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe like two, two out of three. Two out of three. The, the two males have uh, wants, but yeah, honestly, there, there is, there is baseline competency with the story. To be honest, there is also where does this happen? At one point, Tara calls. She says to the guys, what are you two gold bricks up to? Have you ever heard the term gold brick before? No. I actually haven't heard a lot of this language. I'm not sure are if it's these, out of date or if this person's weird. Are, are these men independently wealthy? Perhaps she's referring to the amount of gold that they have. Huh. What are you two? What are you two? Uh, do you think Brett and Max W. Powers like wear a lot of gold jewelry? And I it's see, known maybe. at the office that these are, they're the only two that wear just like <laughs> – Gold chain, gold watch. Gold Maybe that's gold why buckle. he survived the microchip explosion. Is oh. his, he has like an armor of, of gold chains that just... Uh, a normal man would have had a steel and leather belt, and that would have fused to his skin in the explosion. Yeah. And, yeah, so the, it explodes, and he's just covered in microchips, and he gains superpowers. And he doesn't gain, like, one power. He doesn't gain, like, the ability to... He gains it's not like a... Simple, a he gains about a half a page of description of saying of, of them rattling off all the powers he has. Cause he's got like 30 and they rattle them all off in one long. Yeah. Which, which again is, is a great example of like narrative fiction where you just, <laughs> let's just list out everything that happens to this person. Yeah. They, it just, it like they, it just was the, 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 a nice, a nice tasty info dump for a page and a half of way too, can I? Okay, so he has the ability to give life to two-dimensional electronic objects, like he yeah. can like make Mario appear in real life. That's pretty cool. Which is honestly like that should have been it. <laughs> I think, what a terrible. I think, yeah, that, that I think really... the list could have ended there because they definitely started with, with the coolest one too. Like they really, he was like, oh, this one, this is. It seems like he listed the powers from coolest to least cool, and and ordered it then because from then on he's able to, to control the color spectrum. Yeah. He can, like, turn someone orange if he wants. Okay. He can change the brightness in a room. All right. Make the room dim. It's not... Yeah, I don't... <laughs> He's able to control how loud he can control the volume of real life. <sighs> like, at this point, I feel like he should have just gotten, like, a click remote that is, like... You know, because, like, he's clearly able to, like... You're able to, like, treat life as it's a, if it's a screen in front of you, I guess, is what they're going for. It's, like, everything you could do to a video game, he's able to do to real life. I should also point out that these powers are being listed out to Brett 
Maxwell in Terra by a computer that has become sentient in the explosion. <laughs> I, yeah, I kind of named forgot. Emerald, and uh, Emerald is also very sassy. Emerald only only does quips. It, it feels like Emerald only either gives a nice little quip, like "Hey." Uh, I don't even. Know. I, I don't fully remember. Well, this. excuse me. They literally do the the link the, the from link the legend thing, is yeah. uh, excuse me, princess. I thought you already knew that part. My sensors and radar show a molecular bioneural restructuring has taken place. And for yeah, for the children, for this being like a children's thing, the amount of like in, like deep sci-fi talk they do is crazy. It's just like everything the computer says just is like absolute nonsense sci-fi stuff. It's just like the molecular uh, power uh, decibel. It's just it's words I don't know smushed together into like a whole paragraph. I'm like, okay, I don't I don't know what any of that meant. I wrote in my notes, wow, this AI Emerald is a real asshole. Yeah, he's a, frankly a jerk. Also, it, by the way, like this explosion was caused, and we will get to the end of the story, I promise. There's just so much to cover here. Like This is such a, a rich and dense world that's been created. The, the computer says that the liquid they, – they weren't supposed to put liquids nec- hot liquids next to the microchips, and that's why they exploded. So Tara puts a cup of coffee – that the computer says had a temperature in excess of 108 degrees, and that caused the explosion, which means that this stuff is like as volatile as uh, – is it magnesium that explodes when it hits ox- – like pure magnesium explodes in oxygen? I, I don't know. Yeah, like this stuff should not – you just sent this in a box? Yeah. <laughs> like this stuff should be in a clean room. Yeah, absolutely. Like with safety procedures, like Nintendo was not only a chaste and rather dull place to work according to the story. It was incredibly dangerous. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, and it's – I don't know. There's there's a level of like this story nailing bad fun. Like it's like something that's bad but it's fun to read still cuz it's mm-hmm. it's so bad. Is uh, it is it fun to read? It I had a good time, honestly. It felt like watching The Room or something like that. It felt like a real legitimate <laughs> attempt to make something good cuz like this is a person's real attempt. It's probably someone who just works at the company. Is like, oh, we're allowed to do this, so I'm going to do it. Like, probably not. This person hasn't been working on the craft of storytelling for any. Whoever of wrote this story, you're right. Is is just having is having a blast. Yeah, they're just having fun. They they, they weren't actually, hundreds of this thousands is for sure of people. A first draft. It's not. You know, it's, this wasn't a good job. And so, it's, for something about this person, like you could tell they're having fun and they're kind of like just vomiting out a story without giving any. Uh, uh, as soon as it became work, they stopped. This, <laughs> like as this, soon as it became yeah, about crafting and like adjusting and rewriting, they just stopped. You just pointed out that this is what makes this feel so much like a story uh, a kid would write. Because a kid's just like, yeah, one day I woke up and Sonic was real. Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog was real. And then we went to the Green Hill Zone. But then Dr. Robotnik was there. It's yeah. like the the which is basically what happens here. They have the powers, and then some monsters show up, and then the end of it is like, oh, Ganon is here and he's real. Yep, and that's the end of the part. And it's like, then there's like a a kind of uh, pithy, like goofy, like next issue, some fun stuff will happen or not. I don't know how. <laughs> which this thing's, I feel like uh, not going to be a hit. It's my guess. But there is something. Does I don't it know. come back? In the I, next I'm curious. Issue. Yeah, I, I, I must. Yeah, there's literally a part later on in this issue where they do like uh, uh, ask people for feedback on the magazine and ask for feedback on this, and I can't imagine it did great. Oh man, which I would actually be sad about. Because it, the thing is, what I did read from this is that I did uh, enjoy 
living through the experience of whoever made this because it seemed like they were having fun and it kind of won me over because of that a little bit like not in a ironic way just it genuinely kind of won me over a little bit because like if we go to like the howard nestor comic books i don't think anyone's having fun with that <laughs> no the writer's not having fun making that yeah or this actually felt like someone having fun making something howard and nestor aren't necessarily having fun everything they do yeah. is purely from identity it's and, like and all it, survival it feels like whoever was making those comic books is making what they think they need to make or this is clearly someone just vomiting out a story they kind of like had fun making and it's not good but mm-hmm. i did appreciate and enjoy just the fact that someone had fun making something and i was able to like kind of like slip slurp that up a little bit my final thought on this, and I'm impressed that we haven't said it to this point, I guess we've both been intentionally saving this, is this story about a Captain Nintendo, that sounds familiar to you. It sounds like it's very much the origin of the hit cartoon. Captain N, the Game Master. Cap- oh. Captain N, the Game Master. Oh, really? I didn't know, I didn't know, I didn't know that connection. So there is... Somewhere online, there's been a couple of interviews with the guy who originally invented Captain N at Nintendo. That person said that they wanted Captain N to be a uh, – when they were working on the TV show. So they had the Mario, uh, the Mario cartoons and the Mario Brothers Super Show. They had the Legend of Zelda animated show. And somebody wanted to – got with uh, the animation company Deke. They wanted to do this animated show, and they ended up with it being like a kid at home that gets sucked into video games with his dog. But the original guy at Nintendo that pitched it wanted it to be a gameplay counselor because they knew how much kids idolize game counselors. And I was reading this, and I was like, is this the actual – is this the prototype that becomes that show? And it sure sounds like it. Hmm. I don't know much about the show, but that would be interesting if it – it would be interesting if this, if this kind of runs off because uh, – it's, I don't know, it would be an interesting start. Like, again, it's not good, but I do appreciate, because, like, you know, we live in a world where we, I constantly see people make stuff all the time, and which is cool, and I'm glad I get to live in this world. But, you know, a lot of times you see stuff, people make stuff where you're like, you didn't enjoy. <laughs> did you actually enjoy making that? Because it doesn't seem like you did. <laughs> and it's sometimes refreshing just to see, even if they do a bad job, it's, it's always <laughs> nice to see someone make something that they clearly enjoyed making. Right. And, yeah, it'd also be cool to see if this, like, if I don't know, if this little core got better and they kind of worked on it, I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll see in the next issue. If it spawned, I mean, if it spawned a goddamn TV show, we'll, we'll see. The holiday giveaway is next. Yeah, and, and this, they, oh. they got some, some real prizes this time. Totally. Like, we've been kind of like uh, disappointed by the, la- the prize selection for the last couple of magazines. And they, they promised 600 winners. You know how they did this? They made all of the companies that aren't Nintendo give them a bunch of free cartridges to give away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's not Nintendo games, it seems like. Uh, but the big prize is a trip for four to Disneyland. Not Disney World. Disneyland. You're going to California, baby. Well, was World even built at this point? I don't know. But that's huge. I mean, as a kid, that's I think Disneyland is the number one prize you could get for any like i i i can't think of a place a kid would rather go than disneyland yeah this is i mean and then there's like 50 each of multiple nintendo tapes you got blaster master xenophobe freedom force spy hunter platoon i mean one of those is a, is a good thing to have uh a bunch more you have controllers and sets of nes advantages and stuff it, like it's it's just a ton of games 
Yeah, it's it's honestly it's it's the first time getting kind of meaty, and uh, they also have like a 175 winner. There's this thing where there's like a bunch of winners, and it seems like they're gonna just send you whatever games aren't selling. Uh, you know what question they just answered for us here? You can see the Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy tapes are different games. It's not a double a double pack in game. Ooh. You get one or the other. You get Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune, not both. Which which would you prefer? Mm, nowadays, I'd probably go with Jeopardy. Yeah. But I, I loved Wheel of Fortune as a kid. Yeah, I think the good thing about Wheel of Fortune is, just, especially as a kid, there's, there's one thing that's appealing, which is spinning the gigantic wheel, where Jeopardy doesn't really have. Or, or am I wrong? Does Jeopardy have like any like spectacle moments? Well, you got that grid of TVs that have the questions on it. Okay, but is that, there's, not like a, there's not like a little like simple, mindless thing. At the end, there's the, f- the physical challenge where the Jeopardy players have to go through a, uh, an obstacle course. That would be great. God, I wish. That, that's, what it, that's what the game should have been. <laughs> But yeah, it's just I think it's just a step above. I I I am curious to see if they're going to immediately is this only, is it going to just be every holiday there's like a big one and then it kind of is going to drop down in quality for the next couple. We'll yeah. see. When do we go from cuz their their solution the last two issues it's been like uh here's a small pile of games and this issue clearly management was like we got to pull out all the stops. <laughs> this is not a, this is these are pathetic. And they're like, uh, I don't know, more games? And they made all of their partners give them free games to give away. Yep. And, yeah, when did they start figuring out? It's like, you know what people really want? Is, like, for the Blaster Master game, they force us to go spelunking for a week in a cave system. Totally. Like, real, like, yeah, when it's just not games, it's, it's um, uh, like, cool, like, once-in-a-lifetime experiences, I guess. Which, oh, yeah. I guess, honestly, Disneyland is as close as we've gotten so far. Uh, I know we've kind of taken a sneak at future issues, and it seems like they do get a lot better and get some cool Yeah, I don't want to don't don't spoil, spoil it. it. But, yeah, but... so we'll see when we start hitting that direction. Maybe just the magazine gets more popular. I don't know. but it's It's got to be a budget thing. Like, yeah. I mean, Disneyland trip for four, that, that's not cheap. That, that's, a, that's a good chunk of change. Yeah. But, I mean, the rest of this stuff, if it really is, like if they're giving away their own products, they're doing it at cost. So, yeah. you know, even if it's landed cost, here's some inside business baseball, the cost of getting the products to the U.S. from Japan or wherever they're manufactured. But, yeah, all this other stuff, this is like, it, it seems like they strong-armed the other companies into giving them the, <laughs> the, the, the cartridges. Yeah, possibly. Save it, save it a dime. I'm going to hit the button. All right. It's awfully quiet. All right. <laughs> uh, and then after that, we, we would move on to the player polls. I don't know. I think we can. I think I can move past it. The, we'll, we'll see the results of the player polls later. <laughs> the big thing for me uh, would be they have the NES journal where they just go over kind of random stuff. And the first thing they show off is this um, kind of maze theme park that they kind of over pitch in the article like they pitch like right. hey uh you know mario jumping jumping through pipes you know running across land you know uh, going through cool obstacles what if what if you did that in real life and so what at i was a place picturing called woos at a place called woos yeah and i was picturing like oh man this might this must be like a crazy ass wipeout course that you get to do in real life right and i looked it up because i was so curious because i'm like oh man it's just like that i want to go there now as an adult this crazy wipeout course and it's in california like yeah. the one that they're talking about and it's just a gigantic maze and oh. it's just like a big ass 
you know, maize, like a corn maze, but it's not corn. <laughs> it's like a corn maze, but it's not corn, you know? Yeah, it looks like it's made of, like, wood. Yeah, it's like a wooden maze. And these were, like, <laughs> really popular in Japan. Uh, huh. people, and this is a really interesting thing of Japanese culture and American culture just not being the same. And they try to grab this thing that was huge in Japan. And pe- these people just, like, love just a relaxing, like, you look at the maze, you just kind of try to figure it out. It's, like, kind of a relaxing day of, like, kind of grinding through a maze. And Americans huh. just are not patient at all and so it was a total flop because with when japanese people did it they really listened to the rules and they really took their time and enjoyed that process but americans were just climbing over the fence like you'd you'd read interviews and people were just like getting bored and leaving through the fire exit people were just climbing over the fences like they were they they were doing interviews of people and everyone was like yeah i solved it in like three minutes and they literally like were like yeah they solved it but they just climbed over the (laughs) <laughs> they climbed over the wooden things because Americans just don't listen to rules and they don't care and they get bored easily. And so this thing that totally fit for J- Japan was just a bunch of Americans just like mad climbing over fences and That's stuff. So funny, yeah, and on brand, a complete flop. It did not. They were they had plans of opening multiple of the, like uh, this being like a big chain of theme parks, and huh. they did one and it just did not work and they closed it. Yeah, it says here there was like 120 maze parks like this in Japan. So that's yeah, that, that was like everywhere. Huge, yeah. And they tried one in America and were immediately like, nope, this culture does not like this. So was I don't know how much you read about this, but like, is it really designed to be an all day thing where it's like I beat half the maze, time for a break with the family? A little bit, yeah. It's it's supposed to be a pretty long event. Like it huh. it is like you really would just it would be like a your whole like day of fun is just like strolling through this thing. Do you think this is why? I don't know how much you know about laser tag, but it laser tag pretty much anytime you go play laser tag at a place, at least here in the US that I've played, it's just like a kind of team deathmatch. Yeah. But I know laser tag has like crazy special modes and they'll do like lock-ins and stuff where they'll have like capture the flag and like all these other like different king of the hill type things. And I've never seen those played. Do you think that's because Americans are impatient? Like, oh, I, yeah, are, are we missing out because that I, w- I always wanted a more involved laser tag experience. Yeah. Oh, I, I could totally buy that. Like, I, I just feel like they wouldn't yeah. like we would immediately be like, well, can we do the easiest version of this? Which is still fun. I'm sure the only way in America that you could do that is if you got a group of friends who are like specifically renting it out and asking for that. Yeah. Yeah, I could even. <laughs> I know in my heart of hearts that even though I would want to do that, I would have a hard time coming up with 24 other people who would be <laughs> I'm down. In. We got two. All right. All right, listeners, we're going to do a um, Now You're Playing With Podcast giveaway for laser tag. Yeah, four days, three nights, and one laser tag match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just thought this was funny. I was, I, it was definitely – I looked this thing up and immediately just 10 articles of controversy p- popped up. And I'm like, okay, I'm in. Oh, that's fascinating. I got to – I gotta read Action Park and then uh, uh, watch uh, Class Action Park, and then I gotta go look this thing up. <laughs> yeah, and then we go on and we got the player forum stuff. We've got like this kind of we got a it's like a personality quiz. Yeah, it's like it's like a personality quiz that kind of just says how much of a gamer you are, and it's kind of slightly problematic, maybe like at least at today's standards, because like they're kind of like saying like. There's, like, questions where it's, like, do you not have friends because you're playing video games all day? Uh, and, like, you say yes, and you're, like, they're, like, yeah, you're a gaming master. It's oh, like, yeah, cool. You so sh- that's a good thing. Yeah. That, all right. They're associating probably slightly, uh, you know, uh, uh, not perfect, you know, slightly, like, problematic behavior with, like, you're a gaming champion. 
So our the the retro mag scan that we're looking at this kiddo uh, whoever this reader was actually scratched out like the answers on the quiz so we can see he got a score of nineteen which says you're either a power player or close to it you enjoy playing games and you're good at them but you've learned that there is more to life than video mania you probably use your gaming skills in many creative ways that last one feels like a gimme like we got a do a compliment sandwich around the truth that we're giving this kid. Yeah, what, what's the bottom one? What can? What, what's the max? How do they describe it? It sounds like maybe I can do this as Clarence. It sounds like you become a idiot. Chances are you can cruise through any game in seconds flat, but you live in constant fear of blackouts and bedtime. Don't worry though, kid. Many idiots kick the habit. Others go on to lead productive lives as game counselors like me, Clarence. <laughs> And computer geniuses. Okay, so they, I feel like they actually do kind of slightly acknowledge that it's bad. Yeah, I don't... This is just not... I feel like pers- we were talking about this before we were, we've recorded, but personality quizzes, I should learn, like, what kind of dating personality I have. Like, I, I want it to be, like, an interesting social yeah. thing. Or to tell me, like, what kind of job I'm going to have when I grow up. Like, I, I want, like, the Cosmopolitan or Teen Vogue version of this. Yeah, those are a lot better than what we're getting. This is not. This is not as interesting. No, it's like yeah, because your options are just like you play no games, you play some games, cool. Yeah, you play all games. Yeah, cool. like if, if it was telling me like what uh, what uh, what video game character are <laughs> yeah, am I Mario, Luigi, or Toad? That would be more interesting than this for me. Yeah, that would be yeah Super Mario Brothers too. Which which character? Which are character you? are you? Yeah, I like to float in the air for a couple of seconds yeah, when I jump. So <laughs> I, I'm Princess Peach. Yeah, it's just like I yeah I guess it's just not interesting when it's like scale based. I get like it's like are you a lot of this thing or are you not this thing at all? You know, I'd rather just be very distinct categories that you fall into. Right. Um. We have a celebrity profile, Jay Leno, <laughs> a young Jay Leno, who's still a traveling stand-up comedian on tour. Really? And uh, this is, I mean, now Jay Leno is like fabulously wealthy and has a ton of cars and he's just kind of, it's like him and Seinfeld feel like they just live on another planet. Yeah. Uh, here, he feels a little bit down to earth still because he's like in hotel rooms that like a normal person might stay in. Oh, totally. Yeah, he's still. Uh, I, I can't say I know a lot about Jay Leno, so I uh, should watch that. Uh, get you up to speed with the late night wars of the nineties. Yeah, it was him I, and Letterman. I, I missed the him. Is Letterman super rich also, or is Leno? Is, does Leno knock him out of the park? And oh man, we need to in success. When Andy's on as a guest, we'll ask him. He he would know in detail. <laughs> I think they're. I think they're all doing. I think all those guys. Yeah, are rich. I mean, I can't imagine he's not doing great. Yeah, I, I think they're all pretty well off. But is Jay, is Jay Leno like in his own league in success? I'm not sure. And he had that headlining show. Like he was like the talk show king for a while. So yeah. Mm. Uh, let's see here. All right, but uh, yeah, I'd say let's keep trucking because invent the ultimate video game. Hey, you know how Nestor had a grift selling controllers? Howard has a grift too. Getting video game ideas from children. You remember last issue, we got that letter where it's like, can, I, can my friends and I send you unsolicited game tape ideas? And Nintendo was like, absolutely not. Well, they figured out a way to make it happen. Yeah, I actually think this is kind of cool. Um, as, like as a kid, and you could win college grants off of it. Yeah, so uh, you send in a, it looks like a 3x5 card along with your game idea, and they encourage you 
if you duck down into the rules to get creative, so like do a diorama, do a poster, like do a video, like have some fun. I would I would love to see what the finalists for this look like. Maybe we'll see those in a future issue. And you have to go to Washington D.C., the uh, world capital of video games, hmm. for some reason. <laughs> like not Washington, not Washington State, where Nintendo of America is. Washington D.C. Yeah, I mean, it, I'm sure as a, as a kid it'd be cool to like because uh, you don't you can make a game, you can just pitch a game. It's it's really whatever you're, you're capable of doing. This issue. They have a huge prize pool for the regular, like the player's poll prize. Mm -hmm. They also have this contest sponsored by Nintendo with support by American Airlines. Thanks. Thanks, American Airlines. Thank you. Uh, They are just, they're just going all out. Yeah. It's it's, it's Christmas or the holidays. Hey. Hey, it's Christmas. It's all holiday. It's, It's the holidays. Hey, kid. Tell me what game to make next. But yeah, I just think it's cool. Uh, I think we we can hit on to the mailbox portion. The mailbox. Mailbox. And here we go. There's some pretty fun stuff in this. I, you know, what do you? Which one do you want to touch on? Because, <laughs> well, okay. There's one really quick one I want to mention. Is they talk about Miyamoto in one, and they call him Doctor Miyamoto. They do. Is he the, a doctor? I don't think he was. Why are they called him Doctor Miyamoto? Like, why is he? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't. I have never heard him referred to. You know, as a video game child of the '90s. Yeah. I have never heard him referred to as Doctor Miyamoto. It's always Miyamoto-san, Shigeru Miyamoto. Yeah, because like, yeah, Miyamoto. In case you don't know, is the guy who invented uh, Mario and Donkey Kong and Zelda. He's kind like, of. He's like Steven Spielberg, except for video except games. Except for video games, yeah. He's like the. He's like the legend. He is the legend, and uh, maybe a doctor. I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's maybe he just made Dr. Mario and that's like his nickname. Do you think they took away his doctorship? Like he had it, but he lost <laughs> it because of a scandal. Ooh, that'd be fun. If uh, um, he tried to operate on somebody and they died <laughs> because he hasn't, he's been making video games. He doesn't know. Yeah, like he's like, he when he was working at as a doctor, he was like a person working at like. Uh, like a, a waiter who's kind of checked out. Like he's 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 operating on people, but he's really thinking about video games, and so he's yeah. not doing a great job. His heart was in was in games and gaming, but he does technically have the certificate on his wall. He would write ideas on people's bones. <laughs> he was like he's an ophthalmologist or just, something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, just, I I'm yeah, I'm not sure if that's like a weird thing that will never be brought up again, but. I just thought that was interesting. Dr. Miyamoto. Dr. Miyamoto. So this first pit, there, there is a uh, a true classic letter in here that I want to get to. I think yeah. we both know what it is. I did also want to touch on um, this kid right up at the front here, yep. the trick-or-treat kid, yep. who is uh, seeding the magazine with uh, excuses to play video games for his parents, like about how... Uh, what does he say? You might say that you've just started a typing unit and to get your fingers nimble, you have to push some buttons then point out the NES control. Yeah, he's giving tips to other readers for how to trick their parents into letting them play more Nintendo games. Yeah, and it's like just basically like, hey, there, you know, there's, puzzles, coordination. In vi- there's puzzles in video games. Puzzles. That'll make my brain bigger. And then Nintendo, and this is very much a throwback to those early issues where the letters were, let's say, not real a lot of the time. Uh <laughs> 
Their response is, no need to resort to, resort to trickery, Keenan. Experts have confirmed that playing the NES does, in fact, help improve hand-eye coordination, <laughs> and it builds self-esteem. Of course, yeah. moderation and everything. Don't go nuts, kid. Do you think, uh, think that's legitimate? Do you think video games actually have ever uh, helped someone's self-esteem? I think so. You think so? I mean, I, this is only anecdotal, but like when I beat a hard thing... If I'm beating a boss in Demon Souls or something, like it just feels good to be competent at something, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if anything, you know, decades on from this, I think on some level I'm concerned that games, since they are designed to be won in a specific way, maybe make it too easy to accomplish things. But like, I don't know. Does that does that make sense? Yeah. Where it's just a little bit of like, well, if if your whole world is these things that are designed to be beaten, then maybe. You don't know to try hard enough, but there's also really hard games. Yeah, it depends on what you play. Yeah, it, it's some games are super tough, and it you maybe that is for the confidence boost. Like I, I do think maybe some people who like had a great kill death ratio in Call of Duty uh, f- uh, felt uh, cooler because of it. I guess as my old college roommate who would play Counter Strike and go like twenty six and zero, and somebody would finally shoot him, and he would scream and quit the game and leave <laughs> his room. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, I guess I could see. I don't think I've ever been. I'm not. Yeah, and I, maybe it has. Like, I feel like I always like. Uh, I, I, a lot of my friends weren't gamers, so whenever I'd play video games against them, I'd just crush them. Yeah, and that made me feel pretty. I, I guess it did probably help my self esteem a little bit. <laughs> just destroying my friends at games that they would never be able to be better than me at. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I never derived joy from slamming my friends at games because they would always want to stop playing because i kept winning yeah i i did i guess i'm just screwed up i just like giant robot pilots know like all you really need in the world is like a a match like the the ultimate opponent who's as good as you are so you can have like the the battle experience where you're evenly matched and you don't know who's going to win that's probably like a healthier way to go at it i I feel like (laughs) I was always this is very my family. This is how my family kind of operates. It's about rigging the rigging the game so you're gonna just defeat everyone. Oh, okay, yeah. that's okay. That's a little different. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's not. It's 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 wanting weak opponents at it. Understood. Okay. Yeah. Uh, man, let's let's talk about this hockey letter. This is cool. Do you want to you want to break it down? Yeah. So it's really just this person talking about this. Really, they really. Uh, I, it's been a second. Is it they wanted an, a Nintendo or they're wanting a specific game for it? Yeah, it starts, hi, my brothers, my boyfriend, and I would like to thank you. So I, I guess this is an older writer, if they've got a boyfriend. Uh, I would like to thank you for creating ice hockey. The living room in our house has never been so crowded. What you're about to read is absolutely the honest-to-God truth on what we went through to get that game. And then the letter goes on. We're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs on television. So they, they decide, they see a commercial for uh, ice hockey from Nintendo, and they're like, oh, we want ice hockey. Yeah. And they basically go on a globe spanning, like literally traveling to other cities and I think even to Canada to try to get. Yeah, like calling game stores to get this Nintendo because uh, it's apparently sold out everywhere and they're just like hunting it. Yeah. All over the globe. We flew to Chicago, but they were out. So we checked the entire area. 
uh, we were planning on going to the moon. That is a joke in the letter. Yes. Uh, they didn't – This I think this is real, which is what makes this so crazy. Yeah, it's cool. I mean it's obviously probably a family that's pretty well off and have money to burn. But like it was fun. Like I'm sure like they probably had more fun finding this system than actually playing it. Like because they really did – I think they just had a, like a fun adventure where they were like we're getting this. And they – like I really wish I – like it felt like a fun story to be a part of. They fly to Calgary. To get an NES system from like a like a cousin or something, they fly to Calgary, take it to their hotel room, and then they play ice hockey in Canada, and they get thrown out of the hotel for being too loud. I know. I was so. This sounds like the most fun family of all time. This fam. Okay, so first of all, upper middle class or just plain wealthy because like they at the end they say our nes and ice hockey game pack ended up costing two thousand two hundred and forty nine dollars but it was well worth it yeah and like (laughs) wild yeah and like it plus i mean add inflation to that that's a ton yeah they spent i I calculated it they spent like seven thousand (laughs) dollars tracking down the because it sounds like their entire family maybe the boyfriend too Flew to fucking Canada yeah. to get this to get this ice hockey game. It's it's just nuts. It's and yeah, it is like that's an example of like if you do have money to burn. Honestly, I, even though it's like obviously they spent way too much. This sounded like a lot. Like this sounded like so much fun. Like just going to the country, be, being so rowdy that you got kicked out of the hotel room. Like playing the game, this sounds like a very cherished memory. There's a bunch of Hoosiers, yeah, real... from uh, up north. They say, "Don't you know?" I guess. <laughs> I, I, but yeah, they also they flew to Chicago. Where were they from originally? It doesn't even yeah, say. I don't know. So there, there's some. We hopped in a car and drove all across our state, but they don't say what state it is. So they're in a state other than Illinois. They flew to Chicago and then to Calgary. Anyways. Uh, Nintendo's response, I think, is also really funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You certainly went to great lengths to find that game. Another way to find a store that carries Nintendo products is to call our customer service department. <laughs> yeah, they really we, just like pulled the rug out under the story for that. You could have just called us for help. <laughs> Sweet Lord. Yeah. All right. Probably my favorite letter so far, though. I think that was a real fun one. Easily, easily a favorite. That's so insane. Yeah, that's cool. There's no other letters I particularly uh, uh, am attached to. So you want to move on to the power players? Let's do it. And, yeah, they uh, – do you have any – you could take over. I, I really don't have anything to say. I mean, after that that mailbox, I mean, that's a tough act to follow. I just yeah. want to point out they have some very nice uh, school pictures of some power players. We have we have another female power player, which is very exciting, Diane Supowit. Girls I, represent. I was actually surprised uh, by these power players, and if you if you can go back to the count, uh, the game counselors, a lot more diverse of a group than I thought. And maybe they're just like uh, uh, like shoving diversity to the front. But I was like, oh, it's I only pictured guys with mullets, and it actually had like I don't know more of a mix to it. Yeah, there's a lot of women there. Like it's definitely. Um yeah, you have you have to wonder. It's like was there an era where games were more diverse, and then it became a a dude. A dude party. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, it, was there... Because at this point, like, it's kind of, like, new. And so I wonder if they haven't, like... Because at some point, there's a just a dude turn. And, I yeah, I really... I thought when we got those counselor pictures, it would be all guys who look exactly the same. Same mullet, same yeah. mustache. 
same thing. But I don't know. Like even and, and those women have like nine point nine million points in Super Mario Brothers. Also, totally, like they've yeah. got this. They got the chops, man. They got the skill. Yeah, I I wonder when that turning point happened. I think it might be more our generation because like I know even my mom kind of played video games and. Yeah, I, I wonder if it became a boys' club later. Um, yeah. This is another question for if uh, Howard Phillips or Gail Tendon come on <laughs> our come on our podcast. I mean, that, that's the other thing worth pointing out is the editor in chief of Nintendo Power was a woman, and yeah. I'm sure she thought it was important to make sure that girls knew that they could play games too because they can. Yeah, which it's interesting too because like it's still like there's not games that specifically seem like well, actually I, I, maybe I'm wrong because I'm looking at. There's, like, Metroid, where the whole twist is she was the girl. I guess you don't really know, though. But, like, normally the protagonist is a dude, right? You know, it's yeah. Mario, Luigi, whatever. Yeah, you still have the, the 80s kind of tropes of, like, main character is a guy. Yeah, it's still, and it still has, like, kind of dude energy. Like, a lot of games are, like, muscly men with machine guns shooting aliens. But and we did have even our uh, – the, the Captain Nintendo story is the, – the female character is very much just kind of – is she – she a secretary? I think she's a secretary. Yeah, maybe we're watching the uh, uh, the, the process of weeding out. <laughs> maybe like we're talking about like oh, the guys no. being the like the it being a boys club. Maybe we're watching that become a thing. We're watching the purge. Oh, that bums <laughs> me. What a bummer, man. <laughs> Honestly, I blame Howard and Nestor. Yeah, it's probably their fault. Um, yeah. I do like so our power player profile of the month is Ron Smolek from Streamwood Ill. He's 15. I just wanted to point out uh, his picture. Uh, he, he looks kind of – he looks like a special forces commando. <laughs> I don't know why. That's why – He looks like the main character from all these like army games, like all these like action games. Yeah, he's got, he's got uh, blonde hair. He's got a square jaw, kind of a broad neck. And uh, yeah, you know, like it's just – he mentions that he's in swing choir, which – does that mean it's a singing choir that also swing dances? Or is it a choir where everybody swings, like, swings, swings, like, sexually? Oh, I bet it's the sexually one. Yeah, because if that's, if that's the case, why not just call it choir? <laughs> Boom. hey Yeah, I remember what choir kids were like in high school. Yeah, I was never a part of that mix. Oh, uh, or band or anything like that. I- our choir teacher at our high school... I, I was not in choir. I was in theater, so we were, like, choir adjacent because they would put on shows, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing a story where that guy went to dinner at a friend's place. So, like, the, you know, the parents had him over for dinner, the teacher. Yeah. Because uh, I think my friend's younger sister was in choir. And he excuses himself to go to the bathroom. He's gone for, like, 20 minutes. And they go to check on him, and he's taking a bath. And they're <laughs> like, what are you doing? And he's like, well, your tub just looks so nice. I just wanted to... Yeah, that that it's a it's a <laughs> funky now, group. Yeah, now is that a choir is that a choir teacher thing or is that guy just weird? Huh. Just weird. I don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> we're here we're here at the top thirty. Wait, top do we want to do uh oh, I don't have a good sound effect for this. Yeah, well, Mario's. Hey, there we go. I actually I'd say keep, keep that one. I, I like it. So <laughs> it's my favorite. We can just do a top five. So these are kind of like just what are what's the most popular game at the moment? Our top five. Top five for November, December, nineteen eighty eight. Yeah, and then so at number five we have a brand new game, Gauntlet, coming up. It's brand new to the list and it's starting at number five. Pretty impressive. It's a good game. Wizard needs food. Bet at number four. And it, this is going down. It's a downward trend. Mike Tyson's Punch-Out. 
Fallen down, down two spots from last issue. Wow. Yeah. And then above that is another brand new game, Metal Gear. Metal Gear. Jumping in at number three. I can see it even getting higher than that, too, because it seems like... Uh, I'm a little surprised. It seems like these games, I assume they would start really high, but it seems like they kind of like bubble up and then drop down. Hmm. So we'll, we'll see if that goes up. Yeah, maybe you have like the ones people are anticipating. Like I bet Mario 3 hits hard, but yeah. maybe a Metal Gear, like people like didn't sleep, know. It's like a bit of a sleeper. So we'll see if it does even better than that. Because Metroid, which was number three last time, actually went up. It's no, uh, Metroid is now up to number two. Nice segue. Well done. Boom. And then the undefeatable champion. Once number again. one, The Legend of Zelda. It's going to be tough to beat. I don't know. I think we might. it might be a while till it gets dethroned. It's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, will it ever be dethroned from the NES top list? It, you know, it's eventually, it's got to be Mario Bros. too. Or three, I think. Statisticians are going to get a big kick out of this top 30 because they have updated the list. They don't, they don't only just show the votes, and there's many thousands more votes this time around. I don't know if you noticed, than in that first issue where it was like, Games were ranking with hundreds of votes. Yes. Uh, they also point out which titles are new to the top 30, which are really on the move that have jumped up several places, and also the long-running game rankings, like the ones that have been there long. So if you love numbers and their relationship to game rankings and Nintendo Power, uh, they're really fleshing out the top 30 for which you. Which I do. I think I actually do think. For me, uh, this actually it's felt like a good step in the right direction. Thank you. Thank you, Howard. Uh, sorry. Uh, and then also, I'd, I'd say the other big thing would be that um, Mario Bros. was uh, uh, part of the top five for a long time, and it's now 11, so it's dropping. Super Mario Bros. 2 did jump up a lot. Yep, Mario Bros. 2 jumped pretty it big was, jump. It was ranked pretty low, li- yeah. uh, low last time, if I remember right. So we'll see if that bubbles up to the top five at some point. But uh, yeah, the Mario Bros. kind of honestly did a little swap. The, one, the two became pretty up there and then one uh they they pretty much swapped from where they were wait a minute zelda 2 the adventure link the adventure of link is number eight on here i guarantee you not this many people who voted for it had not played the game at this point because they already said there's the chip shortage there's not yeah. going to be hmm. in fact i feel like i could even be surprised if this, I, I bet if people were playing it, it would actually be lower because brett it's not, is this just a popularity contest it kind of is and if, if you're named zelda you're you're at the top Sorry, what were you saying? Uh, I could actually see people, like, just assuming... Actually, I feel like Zelda 2 could be doing worse if people played it because the kids would be like, oh, this isn't exactly what I wanted. Right. Uh, Let's see here. And that's... Man, that's... That is the issue. That's the issue. And now... Wait. A bit of a holiday season wrap-up. Yeah, uh, that's right. We have our third gifts for each other. Uh, would you like to go first? Yeah, 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 for sure. So, I'm feeling bad about that re-gift, so I'm, I... Yeah, that was, that was savage. <laughs> it's a pretty savage re-gift, man. Hey, uh, holidays are cutthroat in, in, uh, in, in my, in my experience. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna give you a, a gumball machine. A gumball machine? Yeah, a big old gumball machine. All right. Like, it's a big one. You can... Kind of use it as decoration, put it next to your dishwasher. I'm going to have gumballs for days. I think that's a fun present. Thank you. Wow. And unfortunately, instead of gumballs in it, it is more uh, uh, Christian tapes. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's, it's the tapes. More, t- more Bible tapes. More Bible tapes come out of it. All right. Well, for you, I wanted to really go all out. And my first thought was I wanted to give you um, a gun for home defense. Ooh. Or in case one of your roommates went crazy on like bath salts or something. But it turns out I thought there was a gun section, but it's actually just gun safes. And then like BB guns. And I don't think that's, that's okay. a great gift. So I... Like let's let's skip the gun gift, uh, and then I found something even better. It is I got you your very own race car bed. Wow! It's a it's a Daytona car race race car bed from the nineteen eighty seven Christmas book. They brought it back. It's four hundred ninety nine dollars. Wait, how much do you weigh? Um, one forty. Okay, yeah, yeah, you could use this one. <laughs> they have the weight ratings on the beds. Hey, there we go. So now you can be asleep in your race car bed. That's great. Merry Christmas. Hey, thank you. This has been Merry, Merry Christmas, buddy. Probably my favorite Christmas of all time. Oh. Yeah, this is really nice. Should have put that earlier, but <laughs> when we finished the magazine. We finished it. Hey, we should do our Howard and Nestor ratings. Yes. Our, our classic wrap-up. This was actually an interesting. We, we stumbled on some new territory with them, so I'm curious to see how that affects our ratings. I, I was very... Okay, so... Nestor is annoying, but it's really clear to me that, like, there's a lot more going on with him. I'm starting to hate him less. And, um, but to be clear, we haven't seen any improvement from him. We've never seen, we haven't seen personal growth. We've only seen, we're only starting to see more of why he is the way he is. We're, right? yeah, we're reading bet- between the lines. This is definitely yeah. a, like, I'm guessing that this person has a soul. Totally, yeah. And so, and a broken heart. It's like we're like the way you can like figure out like people can kind of change in your head is 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 if you see them you know something new happens and they change themselves or right. you just figure out something new about them. Assuming Nestor has like a mental breakdown, which is coming. Yeah, like if he like really hits the wall like in a good movie. Yeah, like if he really just like he just can't do it anymore, he falls apart. I'm gonna invest in hopes in Nestor in hopes that that happens, and I'm gonna give him a four. Wow, that's a huge jump. Don't betray me, Nestor. That's okay. Wow, that's a lot of confidence. Okay, I'm gonna give Howard a two. <laughs> Any explanation, or is it just that's uh, how you're feeling? I'm feeling I'm feeling a two this time. I get it. Yeah, I'm with you. Howard feels like a like a two in this issue, comic Howard. Real Howard feels like a two and a half. That's fair. Should we all? <laughs> all right. I. How am I feeling about Nestor? I agree, but I've got to say, he was being real reckless with that whip, Nestor. Right. Nestor was really whipping all over the place, and he and he busted into a a house without permission. Yeah. You know, I I only saw him do shitty stuff other than, you know, get carried off by a tornado and, you know, we got to look at a little glimpse of his sad life. He did get his. That's true. I'm going to actually put him at a three. Okay. Fair. If that's fair. Well, no. What it was, I had him at a one and a half before. Yeah, that sounds right. And he didn't do. You just arbitrarily decided you can do half points. Yeah. I added that to this. Okay, I'm actually going to correct the other way. I'm going to swing the pendulum the other way. I, okay. I'm going to give it a one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Nestor's got a one. Nestor's got a one. Because um, if you're going to if you're going to put the bet on Nestor of him, like you're 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 kind of you're kind of like putting a bet on him. You're putting a, a vote of confidence that we'll see more from him. Right. I'm going to be kind of the safety net. Okay. 
I'm going to just be like, hey, he's probably going to land here at the end, so I'm, I'm going to put him there now. I, I can't. I mean, I, I was either going to give him a four or a one, so it's yeah, okay, one so of us had to. I'll give Nestor the one, and then I'm going to give Howard. I feel like we saw a little bit of shame from him in this, in this issue. Wait, where was, where was he ashamed? I, kind of just his face, face looked a little ashamed at the end. I didn't really bring it oh, up. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I, I didn't get around to bringing it up, but that's a note I wrote was I saw a little bit of shame in his face at the end. Hmm. And that maybe gave him – we saw a little bit of human humanity in him for the first time. So I'll, I'll actually give him a four. Okay. We rated those two. That's, Boom. That's the issue. At some point, y'all should send us emails, but whatever. Hey, that, that'll happen eventually. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We're going to be back Our, with, with then, another – with the first issue of 1989. Buckle in. It's going to be a real hoot. The Now You're Playing with Podcast Podcast is brought to you by the Podcast Power Players Power Team. Music by Games Cameron. Find back episodes, send us emails, and do cool stuff at our website, nowyourplaying.com. That's your with an E, because we know how to do grammar. <laughs>